Welcome to the Technical Foul Podcast. I'm your host, Manny Fresh, joined by my co-host, Jet. What up? Bill, what's good? Shit, man. Shit, man. Another week. Another week. Another dollar, man. Just enjoying life. Yeah, bro. I feel you, dog. Like we was talking earlier, I got done with finals. Nigga, I made it through the semester relatively unscathed. So now I'm just like, now I'm just trying to chill, bro. I feel you, man. I know the feeling. Trust. You get done with finals, nigga. You feel like a free man. You feel like life is... (laughs) You feel like a totally different man, dog. Hell yeah. I got done Friday. I walked out of fucking... I walked out of the... At Curry. My nigga, I was doing the fucking uh, George fucking Jefferson strike. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I know, man. Especially them long ass semesters. You feel like they're never ending. Yeah, I know, dog. I know the feeling. Trust me. Yo, the worst... The worst is just like... I was cool up until Thanksgiving. Then they're like, oh, cool, we have a break, but we're going to study for finals, and I'm going to still give you assignments. So I was like, nigga, like, relax. But, you know, it's it's all good. Like, it, it really, like, makes you buckle down and, and work on your, your preparation and, and your time management and all that. So, like, I mean, like, I'm, I'm thankful. Like, because if I was 20, 21, nigga, bro, I'd be stressed out. But, you know, I, I made it through relatively, like, Nigga, like, if I was twenty, really if I was twenty twenty one, dog, I I couldn't do it. Like I would just be like, man, I don't got time for that shit. <laughs> Who needs school? <laughs> Who needs school? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I was like, fuck it, let's let's go, let's get it. You know what I mean? So you know, what I mean, it was it was cool. Like I'm just ready to like chill, get my mind and shit in order. You know, relax finally for a little while, and then you know, what I mean, get back to it. Um, in January, I don't go back to like the end of January, so. Got a nice little chill period. Maybe try and take a vacation or something in between time. But you know, oh, okay, just chilling there. Finally, finally, like really getting a chance to enjoy some football, and you know what I mean. Like really be able to keep keep tabs on shit. Because like I said, finals week, dog. I may as well rock. Yeah, I feel you, man. I feel you, man. All them fucking papers and uh, finals you got to take and shit. I mean, dog, it just feels like it's it's never ending, b. Dog, my sociology professor was wildin'. This nigga gave us a 70-some-odd page fi- or question final and, a, like, four essay questions. What? Yeah. I was yeah, like, bro, come on. I, it's, it's weird. It's weird, like, because, like, I used to always hate, like, I used to, we always used to, like, I used to ask other classmates and stuff like that. Like, you rather have a final where it's, like a, like, a test or would you rather just have, like, a final paper essay? And I always used to go back and forth, like, do you want to have a final or do you want to have, like, a, like, a, like, an essay or a paper to write? And I'm like, yeah. I mean, to me, I'd rather have a paper where I have a topic and I can I just kind of, yep. and I can kind of yeah, just. I did that for my, um, I took, um, intro to broadcasting at, um. Oh, word? That's cool. He was, yeah, yeah, I took intro to broadcasting. My professor for that class runs the radio show or the radio station at my school so next semester i'm gonna like get involved with the radio and all that um all that shit that's cool but um he like let us pick a topic for our paper so what i did i wrote i wrote like a five-page paper about um like the radio broadcasting in vietnam like like during the war like they set up a radio station and all that shit so like i covered like the history like the censoring and the propaganda like all that in a paper I'm waiting for this nigga to give me my grade back because I know I got an A on that bitch. I just want to see it on the paper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I yeah. My ass, I prepared my ass off for that. But like, I compiled like a bunch of good like sources and stuff. So like, I made like a really like nice, robust paper. You know what I mean? So that was 
we didn't have to write, do a final exam because I know if I had to take a final exam in that class, I wouldn't have done really well. Yeah, man, you got to sit there. Yeah, so much info. You got to fucking go look back at, at information, dates, and then you always find a way to slip in some like innocuous questions that like you like a topic you covered like very loosely that you don't even fucking remember. Like, yeah, so they always try to th- throw those in there to kind of fool you and shit. Yep. Yep. So that shit, that, the, the content in that class is good, but it's like literally like the history of radio. So they'll be like, oh, who founded CBS or who started this or who was the, who invented this, blah, blah, blah. Like it's crazy. Like the history that's involved in like radio and broadcasting and TV, like just the amount of shit that people were able to do like so long ago is like mind blowing. That like one person had the idea of like, yo, like we need to have radio that doesn't get interfered with. Okay, I'm gonna make this like device that cuts the interference, and then boom, FM radio was born. Like it's crazy, like how they did that. You know what I mean? In like the 1930s, the 1920s. You know what I mean? Like it's wild that yeah they went from Morse went from Morse code to like full on having music and radio shows and stuff. Like you know what I mean? Everybody had a radio, so it was it was, it was a real interesting class like to take, and then the paper like was a real good way to like culminate it. You know what I mean? So as much. For me, it's much better than taking a phone because, like, if I write an essay, I can prepare on my own terms, and I can write it when I want to. I can put what I want into it and, like, really put it across, you know, the way that I want to. Yeah, Unless, yeah, definitely. You know, for grade, you know what I mean? But, like, it's still, like, I'm in the driver's seat, so, like, I write the paper. I know I'm going to get a good grade versus, like, some fucking question that you don't understand on a final, and you're like, hold up, what is this? Or you have two answers that seem like they're the right one, and you're like, damn. I don't have the option for like A and C. It's only A and D or something like some stupid shit like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. So, but I mean, you know, that's that's what we do. We're we're all college educated, so we got to put up with the shit in order to to get the piece of paper with our names on it. So it that is, is that is true. Here, that is indeed true, man. Indeed true. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, why are they still showing Dak Prescott in commercials? This nigga's not good enough to be a fucking in a commercial. Like I'm tired of the bullshit. Hey man, if this nigga played for. If this nigga paid, played for the Arizona Cardinals, he would not be. I mean, but he does it. You know, he plays for the Cowboys. You know, this nigga's about to get mad burn on the commercials. You yeah, know that. Like this, this commercial, they made like a Game of Thrones type commercial. This shit is like kind of hard though. Like it's in the snow with like Earl Thomas and Michael Thomas and these other like you know household names, but they got this fucking chunky soup eating ass nigga. That's <laughs> Like, I don't even want to go off on it, dude, but, yo, I said it when it first, after, this, without Ezekiel Elliott, this nigga's fucking, uh, fucking, uh, what's my nigga's name from the Chiefs from way back in the day, uh, Trent Green. Trent Green? He's Trent Green. Oh, you didn't give him the Trent Green treatment, nigga. Fucking Elvis Gerback without. Oh, that's fucking, fucked up. I like Dak, man. I mean, listen, I like Dak. I think he's a good quarterback. I mean, do I think he got overhyped after his rookie year? Yeah, I think Dak is a pretty good guy. I mean, he's balling now. I mean, he's 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 turned it around the last couple of weeks. I mean, he remember remember he went through like that three week stretch where he was throwing interception after interception. They played well though the last couple of weeks, and he's kind of gotten it back on track. Um, I like Dak. I, I I like I like what I've seen from him so far. When Ezekiel, because that's how you really get to tell if a quarterback is great or not. You know, you take his best weapon away, and his and you see the level of maturity that he's able to play with. And I, I've been impressed with him 
um, the last couple weeks. Although, like, I, I was with you at the beginning of last year. Like, I was like, yo, slow down on this Dak Prescott hype. Like, I saw him at Mississippi yeah. State, and I was like, I was never really impressed with him like that. Like, I thought he was okay, but I never thought, like, oh, man, Dak Prescott, we're watching a Hall of Fame quarterback here. Like, I don't know. But, I mean, I've been impressed with him. He's growing on me. Do I think he's, like, do I think he's Ben Roethlisberger? No. I, I wouldn't go there just yet. I mean, I think he's good. I think he's good. He's a slight, He's a slightly better Quincy Carter. Oh, that's that's come on now, dog. That that's a little that's a little much now. Come on now, that, that that's low. That's low. Quincy Carter, nigga. God, ooh, that's <laughs> nigga. That's just shade. He's for the he's sake Aaron of shade. Brooks with like better. No, you didn't. Season. No, you didn't, dog. You just get you just compared this nigga to Aaron Brooks, bro. Come on, man. Come on, man. That's 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 terrible. He's 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 definitely better. Nigga, a lot of people are better than Aaron Brooks. You ain't saying you ain't saying much, nigga. A lot of people are better than Aaron Brooks. You so did the Aaron Brooks nation. So did the Aaron Brooks fan club. So did the New Orleans Saints. A lot of people had hope for Aaron Brooks. This is a, this is a time where there was barely any black quarterbacks. We had fucking McNabb and Culpepper, and that was really it. Oh, and Vic McNair. and Vic. Yeah, yeah. And you have Vic. Yeah. 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 Hey, you're right. But yeah, still, but still, the niggas was trying. Yeah, yeah. I feel what you're saying though. Yeah, because you know, niggas was really on the Aaron Brooks hype train. Like, yo, Aaron Brooks was gonna be aight. And I'm like, this nigga's trash, man. <laughs> this nigga is basura. Hey, yo, wasn't wasn't um wasn't Chris, uh, Quincy Carter on that rock? He was, uh, like, wasn't he, like really like a crackhead or some shit. I don't remember. I mean, he might have been shit. He might have been. I don't remember. Shit, I don't. I, I think so. I don't know. I don't remember. He was either. I thought he was like all up in some shit. Or, I, I can't remember. Hold on, let me look this shit up. He might have been shit. I don't know. He he might have been I like. I swear, on like he was like on some shit or something. Oh, I forgot he played. He went to the Jets for a while. Yeah, he he, he played. He played with I the. I made that up. I'm sorry, Aaron. Oh no, nah, he got caught. Oh, Aaron Brooks or Quincy Carter? Uh, Quincy Carter. Oh yeah. I thought that nigga was like a crackhead or some shit. I don't know. Maybe I'm Aaron Brooks was. I know Aaron Brooks was in trouble a lot for some other shit though. Like he was. Uh, he was in trouble for some dumb shit. Like, I don't remember what the fuck it was, but I know he was in trouble like, for some other shit, so. God only knows, man. These like, dudes be. Yeah, who knows what they. Yo, but for real, like, I don't get to make fun of, like, the quarterbacks or the athletes, but, like, most, like, athletes and shit are always into some shit. Like, them niggas are, like, rich and ignorant. Like, I wouldn't say most of them, but a lot of them are, because a lot of them are just immature good, as fuck. I shouldn't say most, but, like, a good portion of them. Yo. The Vikings are fucking smoking the Bengals, dog. These niggas got past the sticks. 24, yeah, 24 nothing, to nothing. Bro. Well, shit, they just found out their fucking coach just got shit canned, so. I, it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? Exactly. But yeah, before we start, man, you watch Star Wars yet? Nah, not yet. It's, I don't like going to packed theaters, so, and like, I went to check to see, because I had an 8.30 final on Friday, so I was like, yeah, let me let me sauce out of here real quick and then go um see if i can like finesse a seat at the movies or whatever mm-hmm. so i had like maybe like 10 seats open but the ships were all in the front and i was like i'm not i'm not i don't want to see the movie that bad to sit in the front like my <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> so i was like try and stay off twitter and avoid the uh avoid spoilers um and I'll, I'll go see it. Like maybe I'll, I'll I won't. I won't. Well, that's good then, because I was gonna bring in. I was gonna bring into the show my boy as a guest, my boy Dorian. He does a lot of movie reviews, and he had a lot of strong opinions on opinions that I disagree with. By the way, uh, yeah, on this I've seen a on lot this of film, 
on this film. I was gonna bring him on today, but I just I forgot to hit him up on time, so I didn't get a chance to kind of book the book it. But um, I probably do that next week. Bring him on the show after you've watched it, and we can kind of discuss it because I he's got a lot of thoughts on it. I got a lot of thoughts on it, and I know some fans are already thinking, nigga, we don't listen to y'all show to listen to fucking Star Wars reviews, nigga. Fuck y'all, y'all gonna listen to this damn Star Wars review because it's Star Wars. Like, come on now, like. How can you be? A, how can you be a human on Earth and not care about Star Wars, dog? Like, at least in some way, shape, or form. But anyway, that's my little spiel. But yeah, I was gonna bring him on, but yeah, the NFL is crazy this week. Bro. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but yo, so the Bills just cut me off, nigga. Office. Just cut me off. I ain't talking. I'm sorry. I'm just watching the highlights. Light skin niggas. You know, Golly. Anyway, but nah. I mean, everybody. Star Wars polarizing, like franchise like it's a it's a cultural phenomenon basically at this at this point i'm not it's been around since the 70s i'm not gonna spoil it i'm not gonna spoil it too much of the movie but like i tweeted like i tweeted last night because i've just been kind of letting a day or two sink in and read all the the differing opinions and obviously i mean it's it's made a shitload of money obviously like any star wars film um so far and it's got 90 something percent on rotten tomatoes so the critics loved it some fans are iffy on it I think it's got like a 50% audience score on it. And, and it just pisses me off because it's like, and I'm just going to go on this little quick little rant and I'm done. I'm not going to talk about it anymore. Hey, but nah, do your thing because I too hate fans of franchises. Because like it's, it's these fans, like The Force Awakens, the biggest criticism that The Force Awakens got was that, oh, it was a remake of episode four. It was too much like New Hope, uh, blah, 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 da, 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 and it was a derivative and blah, blah, blah. And I understand, like, I love Force Awakens. I loved it for what it was. I agree that there was a lot of similarities to episode four. I just think that they were just trying to reintroduce it back to the front, you know, back as a Star Wars film, a next chapter. So they did a lot of the things that, that worked in the first original trilogy. So I think that's what, that's what it came off as is it was an homage to it, but I don't think it was like a carbon copy of episode four, but whatever. A lot of fans hated it for good. And that's understandable. Not, not, I wouldn't say they hated it, but we're critical of it because it was too like uh, a new hope or the original Star Wars in 77. So then now Ryan Johnson makes a completely new, a different take on the Star Wars a lot of they play a lot with the Star Wars lore, with the Jedi lore. I'm not I'm not going to go into too much into it, but they they do a lot that changes up the story, and people just are fucking pissed. It's like, what well, what is it that you want? You criticize one movie for being like another Star Wars movie, yet you criticize this movie for being too different and going way out there and way out on a limb and doing something. And I, I'll 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 just say this: I love the movie. I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was great. Um. Was it perfect? No, but I thought it was great. Um, I had small problems with it. The small pro- I just had one major small problem with it. Well, two, really. Outside of that, I thought it was a great film. So I'll, I'll say that. We can talk more about it next week. But I just don't understand these fucking fans or these fan bases that for franchises that just, like, they're never satisfied. It's like, if never, a movie is never, too different never, from the original, they bitch. If the movie's too much like the original or, is, or, is a, or it's your common sequel where everything is just a derivative of the first one but bigger and bolder, oh, you you know, you didn't challenge yourselves and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, what the fuck is it that you want? I, I, I don't understand. That's my that's my rant. That's my rant. Like fans are like so not to like cuz let me preface this by saying that I'm a fucking nerd. As I as I as am I, even though I curse a lot and I got a and I got the ultimate swag, I'm a nerd. Like nerds for the most part for the most part are never fucking satisfied. Like it was like oh it was always like Oh, uh, the biggest thing about The Force Awakens that I heard was that um, it was too safe. 
They played it too safe. Yeah. And it's like, well, what the fuck do you want them to do? It's a soft reboot, basically. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they're introducing some new, you know, a lot of new characters, but let's call it what it is. It's basically a soft reboot. You can't start a new movie franchise with, like, a bunch of changes. You have to introduce backstories and plots and things like that. Like, you can't just throw it to the wolf. That's like saying, like, okay, we're going to start off with The Empire Strikes Back, which is my favorite one. You can't start with The Empire Strikes Back if you don't have a new hope and you don't have this understanding of where the characters came from and what their personality types are. You can't have a movie like that. Like, you can't do it out of sequence like that. And I just think that, like, fans are never, like, never fucking satisfied, bro. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, it could be new director, new producers, da-da-da-da-da-da. Some people... Because before they were blaming George Lucas. They were saying, oh, George Lucas has gotten too attached to this and this is his baby and he doesn't want to take chances, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. It's just, like, I don't understand why people can't, like enjoy the movie like it's a sequel like I, like rogue one was a standalone and i thought it was fucking awesome i like rogue one better than i like uh the force awakens as did i totally it was a totally different movie so i'm okay in saying like i like i like the force awakens you know what i mean i thought it was cool it was a little campy but i understand star wars does have this level of campiness to it you know what i mean but like it was a good film i didn't like how they played my boy finn because they kind of sold him as being like a Jedi or whatever, so I was like, all right, like they kind of made him like the yeah, they they did they did they did play they did play with the with the the marketing a little bit with, with Finn. I, I I'll agree, but yeah, I still like Finn's character. I think he did it. Whatever. Yeah, it's like they everyone ha- it's a necessary character to have in an ensemble type of cast. It's it is what it is, you know what I mean. So, but like I just took the movie for what it was. Like it was entertaining. It has some dope dope lightsaber um sequences. Look, when I watch Star Wars, what I want to see is some people using the fuck out of the Force. I want to see somebody get fucked up with the Force. I want to see some ill lightsaber duel. And I want to see some fights in space. That's, you know, that's... As long as everything is centered around that, I'll leave the movie theater happy. But, like, some people just expect so much. And people are like, oh, it was overhyped and this and that and the third. But, like, whose fault is that? Like, if you buy into the hype, that's not the director's fault. That's your fucking fault for getting your expectations too high for a fucking film that it doesn't fall along with your personal expectations and your personal, you know, wants and needs for a film franchise. Like, that's your fucking fault. Like, don't blame it on Disney. Don't blame it on the directors. Don't blame it on the producers. Don't blame it on the actors. Like, that's what pisses me off the most is that people want so much out of this franchise. But, like, it's impossible to have everything two movies in. You know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just mm-hmm. I had like I didn't even plan on having a mini Tyree, but there we yeah, go. I feel you, dog. I mean, listen, I I think that I mean the thing that's gonna piss off a lot, and I knew it was gonna hate fans of a lot of things. I agree. I agree. Me too. And I'm a part of that same fan base, and I hate my fellow yeah. fans like yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Like I think the thing that's gonna piss off a lot of people, and again, I'm not trying to spoil it as much as I can. I'm trying not to spoil it, but they did do away with a lot of the lore of the Force and a lot of the things that people have come come accustomed to learning and knowing about the Force and loving, quite frankly, about the Force. And a lot of like major plot points kind of got messed with, and I, I wouldn't say did away with, but kind of did away with is a good is a good is a good description for it i mean and i knew that it was going to piss off some people but i mean the level of fury that people are having about this film is just like dog it's a great and and it's like and 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 the, and the thing is like most of them would admit it's a good movie for what it is they just don't like certain aspects of it and i'm like well you guys are never fucking satisfied 
I'm like, what is it? I mean, again, I, I sat here and I fucking listened to fan after fan after fan tell me that Force Awakens was this, that it was that, that it it was this, that, and the other. And then they try to do something completely different. They try to go in a different direction. They try to take new new characters. They try to take characters into new directions. And you guys are fucking bitching and moaning about it. Like, what is it? You can't have it both ways. That's the problem I have with fans. You can't have it both ways. You can't complain yeah. that sequels are too derivative yeah. and they're too much like the like the original source. And then it then complain that, oh, well, blah, blah, blah. Body, they did too much. They went too out of the box. They went. They took it to the left field. Blah blah blah. This and 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 you know, it's just like you can't have it both ways. You can't have it both ways. It is what it is. Either you have one way or another. Like that's it. I'm done. I'm I'm done with my. Rip. We'll talk more about it next week. I'm sure when you watch the movie, <laughs> I'm gonna bring my boy Dorian in. I'm shining him out because I'm I'm trying to get him on the show. He will come on the show. He's down to come on the show anytime and give me his differing opinions on this movie. He and and I don't want to I don't want to sit here and say he hated it because I don't think he hated it. I just think he had a lot of problems with the setup and the plot and all that. And I did have some issues with the plot. Like there was a major part in the plot that bothered me because it kind of felt like it went nowhere. Or it didn't feel like it. It did go nowhere. So that, and if you watch the movie, you know what I'm talking about. So that's all I'm going to say. But you'll watch it this week sometime, hopefully, and um, we can talk more about it next week or so. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Me and you always, we, me and you see eye to eye more movies than we do with sports. So it's a little because I'm a real nigga when it comes to sports, and you not nigga. That's all. That's how. That's basically what it is, nigga. Fuck out of you're a real dumb nigga. That's what you are. Hey, hey, keep the disrespectful words to yourself, nigga. That's all I'm saying. Hey, um, I need the Jets to like come on ahead and get this other touchdown, bro. Oh like, man, listen, I, I, I have no, I have no expectations on this game. That's why I have it on in the background. Usually, I'd be watching it. Um, but I have no expectations on this game, so I'm they just. They look okay. They look okay. They, Bryce Petty's playing all right, I guess. But I mean, you hey, know, yo, that's what it who's, is. Um, who's your offensive coordinator? John Morton. He used to play. He used to coach for the Saints. He used to be the offensive coordinator, or he used to be the quarterbacks coach for the Saints. I'm just looking at like some of these plays that they're drawing up, and I'm like, yo, why the fuck can't my coach do this fucking shit? Like, if y'all had like a legit quarterback, oh, we'll get to your, we'll, we'll we'll get to your coach in a second. Oh, we'll get to your coach in a second. <laughs> but but, but no, we, yeah, we definitely can. I'm just I'm just looking at how these dudes open, and it's it's actually really refreshing to watch. Yeah, like just to watch like an offense that doesn't have like quote unquote a lot of talent. Like you don't have like a lot of big names at receiver. But these guys are just like getting open in space, and I think that's something that like every team can do if you have a good offensive coordinator. Like you scheme around the defense, you find spaces. You I would argue, I would argue, I would argue, you guys will be able to do that if you have a good quarterback. But you know, we'll we'll get into that. 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 Let's, let's not bury Lily. Listen, yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. Later. I don't think Jameis is a bad quarterback. He's having a bad year, but a lot. And we, I'll go over the reasons why a lot of it is coaching. Because coaching and quarterback play are so closely connected, more so than any position, I think, that like you can't put your quarterback in bad situations and expect him to do well. Like you can't call up all these long developing passing plays with a shit offensive line and like you can't do it. Like this guy is like allergic to calling like screens to Deshaun Jackson <laughs> who can take a five, eight yard slant and take it twenty yards maybe. Like he's a one of the fastest players in the league still. Like, you have Mike Evans, who's a good, like, he's not a deep threat, he's not a burner, but, like, you get him the ball to the outside, like, you can pick up, like, intermediate chunks of change, you know what I mean? But, like, over the past couple of weeks, Doug Martin and Charles Sims have had more targets than Mike Evans. Two running backs have had more targets than who last year was a top three receiver. That ain't James' fault. <laughs> this nigga's mad, ain't he? <laughs> 
Oh to be our man! Coach. I did not want him to be our head coach, and I you wasn't complaining about him last year. You was not complaining about him last year. Huh? You were not complaining about him last year. The fuck I wasn't. <laughs> There's no reason our offense. Our offense was, was Mike Evans last year. Mike Evans was balling out, and, and y'all defense did play a lot better last year. That was the that was the unsung hero of y'all team. We had a five game streak, but actually, you know what? I didn't complain about Cutter a lot, but I did. So let me real roll that back because. Our offense looked a lot different last year. Like, I don't know how we managed to add weapons and the offense regressed. Like, our offensive line is not as good, and that's really the GM's fault. Um, but the, the the scheme of it is that, like, just if you're – like I was saying, like, just a minute ago, like, guys are in space getting open and things like that. And, like, like I was telling you earlier, like, there was, like, a fourth and one call from a couple of weeks ago. And everyone is 10 yards beyond the first down marker. If it's fourth and one and you're going for it, why is there not one of Cameron Bray, who's one of the best tight ends in the league, and O.J. Howard, who has potential for the best uh, tight ends in the league? Why are two of those guys, why do you not have anyone running towards the sticks? That that shit like that is what, like, aggravates me. Like, I can call that play in Madden and not think twice about it. So why is an NFL coach doesn't have the awareness to do that? Why is an NFL coach not have after his in his second season mismanaging the clock, mismanaging plays, putting a third down running back in or third down running back in when Peyton Barber had been running all over the teams uh, over the Lions? He takes Peyton Barber out, puts Charles Sims in, who can't run between the tackles to save his life. And once he's in the game, you know that it's going to be a passing play because he can't run. So you you bail out the defense yet again. So. It's like shit like that. And then you hear players and opposing defensive coordinators say like, oh, yeah, we know what plays are coming when they line up because we watch the film and they always run this play out of this set. Like for defensive coordinators to say, yeah, we know what play is coming. That's something that should never happen on the NFL level. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm saying that sitting on my couch, but I don't get paid millions of dollars a year to fucking pull a, a group of 11 people with my own group, like, <laughs> that's, that's, that's basically what it is, you know what I'm saying, like, and Jameis, Jameis has been very underwhelming this year, um, I do, I do think that he's got more of a problem with his shoulder than it's been let on, and I felt that way for quite some time, um, but some of his reason, his stupid ass fucking decision making, like, the kid just can't, he needs to learn how to take a sack, and how not to do too much with the ball, like, that's his biggest thing, like, Maybe if he had a better offensive coach who said, hey, listen, you don't have to do all this on your own because I'm going to help you out. I'm going to put you in a position to succeed. Look at what Sean McVay is doing with Jared Goff. Yeah, true. I would argue I would argue Goff is more talented than Winston, but I'll go ahead and let you finish your I would I'm I'm going to let you finish your rant cuz we had an agenda to the show. See, this is why you can't you can't you can't rely on light skin niggas cuz we had an agenda for the show and all of a sudden this man wants to rant about his buccaneers who suck and stink. But hey, hey, your wish is my command, my brother. I'm going to let you I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm going to offer you the bully pulpit. Keep going on your rant, bro. Go ahead. No, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> well, go ahead, man. Real spill. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. No, no, no. I pretty much set my piece. Like, I was going to cut a fucking fire. I, him and his boy Mike Smith can get the fuck up out of Tampa. And I don't know what. why. Why? He's going to be our next coach. Huh? He's going to be your next coach. So I don't know why you want him out of Tampa. Mike Smith. Fuck out of here. He's more of a problem. He's more of a problem than dirt. If I had to pick between the two, that was a hell of a. Who's a uh, twin, dog? 
21. Uh, that's uh, Morris Claiborne. Claiborne. Damn, Mo Claiborne. Damn. That was a blast from the He's ball. He's balling this year, man. He's healthy. Yeah, yeah. Because that nigga used to yeah, that nigga used to sneeze and get hurt. That was, that was a hell of a uh, Alvin Kamara. Yeah, it was. I don't I don't know what looks like. I haven't seen that in about five weeks. <laughs> <laughs> this nigga's mad. Boy, I thought I was mad as a Jeff fan of shit. This nigga is I'm, upset. I'm a bitter. I am a bitter. See, but I, let's I, let's. I don't let's, like how I don't like how poor built, and I had such high expectations, and I should have known better, but I didn't. Well, here's so a, the one year that I don't like get skeptical about my team and I like put myself behind them. That's the year that they completely are an embarrassment. And like, I don't know, like there's been close games. And I feel like if we had a coach who knew what the fuck he was doing, like I always feel like, and I, and I don't know if you agree or disagree with this, but that's like something I heard like a long time ago. Close games, pretty much in any sport, close games come down to coaching more so than the players on the field. I agree. And like, you can't. I just feel like Dirk Cutter continually gets out coached, and that's just something like you can blame it on the players. Say like, oh, the players aren't putting a lot of effort in and things like that. But like, if I had to play for a dumbass coach, I probably wouldn't be very motivated either. You know what I mean? Like, if your if your coach does not put you and and you could probably definitely back me up on this when the Jets aren't having a great year, if, if and you've you've had a your fair share of coaches that have worn out their welcome and. Just haven't been able to get the players, but like if if the coach if the coaches aren't putting your players in a, in a position to succeed, you're not going to get the best out of your players. And I think that's basically the story of like the end of the Rex Ryan tenure there because he basically like wore out his welcome and players were like, all right, fuck this, whatever. Yeah, uh, again, yeah. I, I share I share your sentiments, so, even though I think it's funny that yeah. you're ranting on the Bucks right now. I, I share your sentiments, bro. <laughs> but I mean, it, it is. I, I still love my team, even though they pissed me off. Uh, they drive me to drink weekly, um, but I like to drink, so it's okay. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know who, uh, which head coach is out there. Uh, a lot of people like the Tom or the John Gruden things. <coughs> Mike Smith. Mike Smith. Um, no, nah, not Mike Smith. <laughs> I think the G- our GM, our GM, our, they might the Glazers might clean house, dog. Listen, I I, I'm glad you brought them. I'm, I'm glad you brought them up because I, can I, I can I offer a rebuttal to your rant? You sure can. Okay. Here's my problem with the Bucks, and I and I don't profess to watch the Bucks on a weekly basis. I've watched some of the games you guys have played. I watched you guys when you played the Jets. Um, I've watched some other games here and there. So I don't. Prof- but again, I'm not. A, I'm not an expert. You're you're more of an expert on your team on a week to week basis than I am. I would ever be. I will admit that. That being said, I don't think the problem with the. I don't think. Well, I think there's two problems with the with the Bucks. I think number one, I think it's the Glazers. I think they're the biggest problem with the Buccaneers. I think when you have, I think every organization it starts at the top, and when you have shitty ownership, it reflects on the team. It just does. It it, it absolutely does. And the problem with that franchise has been for the last ten to twelve years has been the fucking Glazers. The Glazers are unstable. They fire coaches left and right. I mean, they just they go through coaches literally like chicks go through underwear. Like it's just it's just it's just it's just every day. It's literally every day they go through coaches. So it's like I think they're the biggest issue with the fuck what's going on in Tampa. I really believe that. I really really believe that. And then I think the second thing is I and then I think the second issue is I think I, I'm I've never been high on Jameis Winston. I, I'll, I'll go out and say it. I thought. I thought I thought he was going to be a bust. I still believe he's going to be a bust. I know I, I had to shut the fuck up the first two years in the league because he played relatively well. 
per my expectations. So I had to shut the fuck up. I didn't say anything about it. But I saw. But more and more this year, more and more this year, I'm seeing the Jameis Winston that I thought we were always going to see. And I know he's been hurt. I know he's been banged up. I know he had the shoulder injury. I get all that. I understand all that. But I don't think the issues with him are physical. I think the issues with him are mental. I think the kid has not matured. I don't think he's. I don't think he's ready to be an NFL quarterback. What it takes to be an NFL quarterback. From a maturity standpoint, from a mental standpoint, from a from the from you know the forget the X's and O's, forget reading coverages and defenses and all that. The mental aspect of, of the game. You're the leader of the football team. You are the face of the franchise, and you're doing stupid shit like he did. The shit that he pulled on the sidelines that caused the fight against the Saints, uh, or the or who was it? Was it against the Saints or was it against the Falcons? I don't. Yeah, I remember seeing it. Was, it was, it was the Saints. I thought it was against the Saints. You know that shit. You know the 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 eating the W pregame thing uh that stupid shit um you know the uber now the the legal shit off the field with the fucking uber driver the uber incident um the we, we go back to the whole case of rape and, and fsu he's still kind of facing some blowback for that i mean it, it, it's just one thing or another with this kid and now you cut now you hear the, the reports after last last week's uh game that uh you know that him and, and cutter had a, a fallen out that him and cutter are, are are, are at odds. This is what I will say about Jameis Winston and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If they fire Dirk Cutter, and again, I don't profess to know everything about Dirk Cutter. I don't watch Tampa Bay games left and right like you do. But I will say, and he may be a shitty coach for all I know, but the guy's only been there, what, now? What, this is the second season? This is his second season as head coach. And, it's and he's third, third season as an offensive quarterback. Yeah. All I will say about Jameis Winston and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers now, you've now let this quarterback get rid of now. If, if Dirk Cutter gets fired, you've now let this quarterback get rid of two coaches now. Two coaches now that have gotten shit canned because of him, or indirectly no, because of him. De- it is definitely not because of Jameis. Why Lovey Smith got fired is definitely not because of. Well, I, 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 I did say indirectly. Now I, I, I didn't think it was was everything. And I don't, and I don't think that it's it's Jameis's fault that that Cutters is potentially going to get fired. There's a lot of provisions, and they did come out and say, and I don't know if it's true or not, but Jameis did come out and said that there's no rift between him and Dirk. And this ah, come on, what else is he gonna say? You know, you know that you you're yeah. savvy enough to this shit. What else is he gonna say? He's gonna say, yeah, I can't stand the motherfucker when I see him on the street, his hands on sight. <laughs> hey, he's not gonna say that. I mean, everybody and a lot of a lot of lawyers also have said that they have personally haven't heard anything like people that are like inside the locker room a lot. And there's a couple of sources that are inside the locker room that usually break a lot of these stories that there is personnel issues that they'll say like, oh, okay, this is the problem. This is the problem. So I haven't heard any local level, so I don't know if it's true or not. Um, But I think with Jameis is that I think he's a smart dude that does dumb shit. Like, I think, the, like, the whole eating the W thing, like, that's fucking embarrassing. Like, I don't think he's pretty smart at all. That's just me. I've just, I've just never been, think, a, I've just never been high on Winston. I mean, you know, this, you we've had, we've had conversations back in the day. Up, you can't put up the numbers. You can't put up the numbers that he's been able to put up if you're not a, a, a good quarterback. Uh, yeah, I get, I mean, he's talented. I, I, I'm never going to argue that he's not talented. I, I'm never going to not argue that. Like, he's talented. I just don't think, I, he just, I, his thing is that he does, watching Jameis, Jameis is like, He'll make one throw, one play, and you'll be like, holy shit, like, what an amazing throw. And then two plays later, this is the problem with Jameis Winston in a nutshell. Two plays later, he'll make another throw, and you'll be like, yo, what the fuck were you thinking? What are you doing? Why did you, like, that's the problem with Jameis, and that's why he's so frustrating as a Bucks fan. But the problem is, is if you don't watch a lot of Bucks games, the media, and I'm not trying to say, like, all the media does this, but the media's job is to sell stories. So you'll see the shitty bonehead plays that he'll make. You know what I mean? Like, you'll see that more than you'll see, like, the good throws that he makes or the smart decisions that he makes. 
so that a lot of it is the way that it gets reported, but like I'll definitely agree. Like the shit against the Saints was embarrassing. What about the what about the reports? What about the reports that came out that uh, in practice? And this was and the only the only reason I heard about this was Ira Kaufman, who covers the Buccaneers for years and years and years. Yeah, and he was I, on I love and, and 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 he was on he was on he was on Mad Dog Unleashed with Chris Russo, and he reported it that um you know during a practice session where the media was walking through and covering the team for practice, he fucking was throwing was seen throwing a football at in the direction of the media. Like uh, literally a football in the direction of the media, like it, th- th- that's my problem with Jameis Winston. It, it's not the like people think that what makes a great quarterback is the X's and O's, the arm strength, the this and that. Like of course, all of that is a combination of everything that makes a great quarterback. We've seen great we've seen quarterbacks that have the physical talents but don't have the mental talent. We've seen quarterbacks that have all of the intangibles and the mental talents, but don't have the physical talents. Like Josh McCown, quarterback who's quarterbacking for my team, or was quarterbacking for my team last week. You know, he's got, he's always been a guy that's been well respected. You know, he doesn't have the physical talent. He doesn't have the, 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 the arm strength or the physical tools that we just love to analyze in quarterbacks, but he has, but he has the intangibles. He's a great locker room guy. He's a great leader. Mentally, he's a very smart guy. You know, a lot of people say he's going to be a head coach in the league one day. He has those intent. He has those aspects, but he just doesn't have the physical standpoint then you have guys like jay cutler who has the physical the physical gifts who has all of the tools needed to be a great quarterback but doesn't have the mental um capabilities that's what i think Jameis winston is Jameis winston to me is a guy that has all the physical tools it's never been an issue about the tools Jameis winston has the tools it's just been mentally and maturity wise does he have the ability to play big time nfl football at this level and i just don't think he does and i felt this way from 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 FSU days, from his FSU days, I felt this way. So, you know, I, that's to me the problem. And I think the Bucks are going to let this guy, they're going to give this guy enough rope and eventually he's going to hang himself and he's going to hang that whole franchise. I'm telling you right now, what, that's the problem. End up having, and, and I think what's, what, what I want with this team, and obviously like I like, I think that he does, he can't get out of his own way. So to agree with you to an extent, I think he does have the ability to be an NFL quarterback. Um, but I think that he just makes so many like dumbass decisions, like 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 I said, like he'll. Make but that's part of being a quarterback, Judd. Right? That, that, but that's but I that's part of being a franchise this, quarterback. This is this is the thing though. If you have, he'll have a great game. Like he was having a really good game against the Packers until he had that strip sack for a return for a touchdown. Like he was having a great game, but no one will look at the he went twenty five of twenty nine or whatever it was that he he had, but. The problem is, too, is that, like, I don't think that there are offense that's in place right now. I don't think it really suits him very much. But this is the thing. Outside of Jameis Winston, if the Glazers, who I do think that they are the biggest problem because it does trickle down, the Glazers need to put somebody, they need to put a football mind in, in an executive position, whether it be a uh, vice president of football operations or something like that. Like how um, the fucking Jaguars went and hired Tom Coughlin. Look, look, look how the Jaguars turned around. They had a bunch of talent. Hire Tom Coughlin, come in and say, all right, this is what we're going to do. I'm in charge of the GM. I'm doing this and that. And third, you give a buffer. Because I don't think the owners the owners don't know fuck well about football at all. And then you have a GM who's just basically allowed to do whatever he wants to do. But they need to have a senior, uh, a senior mind that knows football 
uh, as a buffer between the GM and, and the owners so that the owners can't just fucking open up the checkbook and do whatever the hell they want. There needs to be a culture change there. And, that, and if I agree with that. And they, and they put a, they put a president of football operations in somebody like, um, I don't know, like they were talking about maybe trying to hire Tony Dungy to do that. And, and I don't really give a fuck about Tony Dungy. I, don't, I think his time has passed as a football guy. Um, there's rumors that you can give that to John Gruden, and I don't really trust John Gruden with personnel decisions because of how things went down his end of tenure in Tampa after we won the Super Bowl. But you bring somebody that has experience in the front office, like a Bill Polian type of guy or somebody that's worked in the New England organization or something like that, um, you know, somebody that has a mind um, for football. And you let them make the hires. You let them hire the GM. You let them hire the scouts. And you put these 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 hands in the right direction to rebuild your football team because we all know a successful franchise is a full entity. It's not about the players. It's not about just the coaches, but there needs to be a successful network of scouts. There needs to be a successful network of executives and quality control people in the front office. And we don't have any of that bullshit. Like, And that's the biggest problem. So if the Glazers want to hire someone like a Bill Polian or someone to come in here and they want to clean house and they say, all right, um, Jason Light, get the fuck out of here. Uh, Dirt Cutter, pack your shit. Mike Smith, you grab your shit too, dog. Y'all can all uh, kick fucking rocks. And if they say, hey, Jameis Winston is not the quarterback that I want to move forward for, hey, cool. Let, go let Jameis be successful somewhere else or he's going to flame out. That's the way that I see it. And I like Jameis, but at the end of the day, like you said, he can make or break this franchise. And I never agree with the fact that a one, one player can make a franchise – but I don't think that one player should be able to break a franchise either. I don't think that there there needs to be a merry-go-round of coaches until we can find the right coach. But the coach is never going to be. But Judd, the, 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 the thing with that, the thing with that, the culture, if the culture above him doesn't ever change. Yeah, but you know as well as I know that when you draft a quarterback, see that that's the that's the thing about that's the gift and the curse of drafting a quarterback, especially with the top pick. When you hit on that pick, you have a guy that 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 impacts your franchise yep. for twenty years, basically for twenty years. Yep. Yep, but yep, if you yep, miss on that, but if you miss, but if you miss on that pick, that sets your franchise back at least five years. At least five years. I could argue ten. It sets your franchise back at least five years. And and and, and you say that one player doesn't decide a franchise. I disagree with that. A quarterback. No, <laughs> this is this. It shouldn't. it shouldn't. But we all know. But we all know. And in a perfect world, it shouldn't. But we all know that it, when it comes to football, the quarterback position is the position. It is the position. Yeah, we can sit here and argue about linebacker or offensive lineman or whatever. All those pieces are important. But if you don't have that quarterback, you don't have that centerpiece, it, it impacts your franchise. It, it, it's a difference why the Jets have been in, in a constant state of up and down, up and down, because we don't have a quarterback. Ask the Browns fans. Ask the Browns fans why the Browns have been completely fucking in it. Now, they have other issues. I mean, they make the Buccaneers look like a stand-up organization. I get that. The Browns have uh, way more issues than that. Obviously, they have a, they have a, talk about culture change. That whole franchise needs a culture change. But we're not going to, but we're not talking about the Browns. But part of their problem is they haven't had a quarterback in years, in decades, really. Mm -hmm. You know, so, so the, the important thing is here is that quarterbacks, are very important and that they make or break your franchise. They make or break the perception of your franchise. They make or break the performance of your franchise. They are the important piece. They are the important chess piece on the field. They just are. It is what it is. There's a reason why these guys make $25 million a year because they are the guys. 
And and to me, I just to me, I'm not trusting. I I would feel very very iffy about trusting my franchise on Jameis Winston. That's just it. And I get everything you're saying. I was, and again, you are more of an expert on this than I am. You watch. You are. That's your team. That's the team you wrote for. So I'm not gonna sit here and tell you you're wrong. I I agree. I I I can see everything that you're saying. What I'm saying is from from a person looking at it from afar. I would have a huge problem in trusting the keys of my franchise with Jameis Winston. What? And that's and that's and that's why I said like I'm not one of them that's gonna be married to a player no matter what. But it, like I said, if if the Glazers want to bring in somebody at the high level and say, hey, we need you to run our franchise, and if he that that guy decides that Jameis Winston is not the guy, I'm cool with it. I'm like, hey, fuck it, do what you got to do until you find that guy. We're gonna have a high ass pick this year, and if there's a stud quarterback, if, if fucking, <clears throat> excuse me, Baker Mayfield or Lamar Jackson, they fall down and they say, you know what, we got a lot of problems with our team, but maybe we can trade Jameis for some picks and we want to take Lamar Jackson or Baker Mayfield. I'd be like, eh, all right, do what you got to do. Because I'm, I'm anticipating a new regime in Tampa. If all goes well, I think, I think it's just, I don't know, Jason Light has been pretty good. Um, but some of the personnel decisions that just baffle me, like for one example, and then we can move on because um, this is the longest that anybody has talked about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. In for real, nigga. Um, I don't just jeez. <laughs> um, this is the thing. So you have a Pro Bowl, one of the best offensive guards in Ali Marpet. Two years running. Great offensive line. Can pull, can pass protect, can run protect. Great. Probably one of the top five guards in the league. He was, he was a great guard. They say, let's move you to center. And it's been a fucking disaster at, at, at him at center. And I was like, at first, I didn't like the idea. And then, like, I drank the Kool-Aid because, like, there's a couple Buccaneers podcasts that I listen to. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and I was like, you know, maybe, you know, maybe this will help out. You know, put another guy in the guard spot, put Marpet at center. Boom, boom, boom. And it's been a fucking disaster. And that's the thing. Like, who is making these personnel decisions that you take a Pro Bowl guy and just move him out of position? You know what I mean? Like, dumb shit like that. Yeah, I I agree. I I agree. I mean, like I said, I, I don't I don't so, think none of the points you're making are incorrect. I I, I just I, I I hate to keep going back to the same point, but to me, I think the biggest issue with the Bucks, besides the owners, and you, unfortunately, like any team in sports, and trust me, I have a team in sports who I, I'm gonna I'm gonna rant about them later. But um, ownership, you can't change the owners. Unfortunately, no. you can't change the owner, and that that's the problem. You can't change. You can't fire owners. You just have to hope and pray that they 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 go they go the way of of Donald Sterling. That they something comes up, something happens where they're exposed, they do something controversial, and they can be ousted. But other than that, there's no way to really remove an owner. So yeah, that's why I think I think the only way that the franchise can be saved is if they hire a high a high level executive. That's a football mind. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and that's the segueing. That's the only way. Segue segueing into that. Uh, I know you brought up John Gruden. Do you think John Gruden comes uh-huh. back? Honestly, bro, I don't know how I how I like think or feel about it because this is the thing. John Gruden did bring us a Super Bowl. Okay, first thing that's the first thing everybody's gonna say. John Gruden did bring a Super Bowl, although low key it was Tony Dungy's defense. Oh, it's not low key. It is. It was that was Tony Dungy's team. Now, come on now, that, that's not low key. That was his team. The, the offense, but Gruden did bring us an offense. He did give us like. Keenan McCardo is not a name that somebody's going to be like, oh, yeah, I remember that guy, blah, 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 blah. But Keenan McCardo balled out for us that year. Fucking names like Joe Jervicious. Like, these niggas were balling because John Gruden had a very good system in place that got guys open who weren't, like, you know, household names. You know, they're not 
fucking you know, and Brad Johnson Brad was solid. Out there. Yeah, well, fucking Brad Johnson and uh, fuck, who was our who was our? I don't even remember who our starting running back was that year. Shit, like, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't even remember. It was fucking like Brian Pittman, I think. I think Man, so. That's rough for you, guys. I think it was Brian Pittman who fucking like beat his wife and shit. Like, but I digress. Like, you know what I'm getting to. Mm-hmm. So John Gruden did have a part in bringing that that championship to our to Tampa, even though the defense was totally built by Tony Dungy, Monty Kiffin, and da da da. So there is a 50-50-45, you know, fifty five type of deal there where it is pretty fairly split down the middle. Now, my thing with John Gruden is that. They gave him a lot of personnel decisions, and we ended up having, like, Brian Greasy as our quarterback, and, like, the defense did fall off, and I think they held on to a couple of guys too long, so it's, it is kind of hard to say, like, was it really John Gruden's fault that we, we went, like, 9-6, and 9-7 the year that he got fired, and that was deemed as unacceptable. We went 9-7 and seven last year, and everybody fucking celebrated, myself included. So, it's well, you like, know the, you know the thing on, you know the thing on records, it's all based on perception. You know, eight, exactly. eight and eight for some teams, exactly. it's a failure. Eight and eight for some teams, it's it's, it's greatness. So, you know, it's all based exactly. on perception. So, I think that they maybe did pull the trigger on firing Brian, or firing John Gruden a little bit long because we did trade first-round picks for him. So, we were kind of behind the, the eight ball a little bit with in regards to actually building talent because we didn't have a lot of talent after those Super Bowl years. So, it was mm-hmm. kind of rough. We didn't make the playoffs, and it wasn't very pretty. We got beat by the Giants, but... Again, the Giants went on to win the Super Bowl that year, I believe, that year that we did. That was the last time that we made the playoffs. Fucking George W. Bush was still in office. Um, but I wouldn't mind Gruden coming back because I know that his teams are always prepared. John Gruden watches a lot of film. He's able to put guys in a position to succeed based off their talent. He can mold his scheme around the guys. You know what I mean? Like He's a very smart offensive mind. And even though he hasn't coached, in, you know, what, 15 years, 12 years, something like that. Um, he watches film every day. This guy, they said this guy wakes up every morning, 630, and watches film for a couple hours. And he's a TV analyst, whatever, whatever. So I think he's very much in the mind of, of football. But the flip side of that, I still think that the public reception, the public outburst of it would, from a public standpoint, mostly to people outside of Tampa, it would look like, hey, your team has struggled for the last decade plus. So, oh, I know. Let's go hire the coach that took you to the Super Bowl, and that'll make it all better. You, that's what it's going to look like from the surface. You know what I mean? All mm-hmm. things considered about John Gruden, what I just said about the pluses that he could bring to the team, I fear that the perception behind it is going to look very short-sighted in that aspect. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, again, I, I don't worry. I wouldn't worry. No, I was going to say, I, I, wouldn't, I, I was going to say, I wouldn't worry too much about the perception because, I mean, again... That I I, I, I like to me if it's a high if to me if the hire is the smart hire then make the hire I I, exactly. I don't know I go back and forth on Gruden I mean I think I think that people tend to yeah, look I at I tend I tend to look honestly. at I tend to look at Gruden I, I think people look at Gruden now with rose colored glasses now like I I was never a big John Gruden fan like I. I I thought he was a good coach. I thought he was a solid coach. But I never looked at John Gruden like, wow, Bill Parcells, you know, this guy's a legend in the coaching. I, I thought he was a good coach who lucked out and got a, an all-time defense and won a Super Bowl. I, I, I never looked at John Gruden. And I, I, and I know it sounds like I'm knocking him. I'm not. Like, I thought he was a good coach. He was a good coach in, in, in Oakland. But 
I don't think like I feel like since he's been out of football now for the last decade, like I I feel like people look at him with rose colored glasses, like oh John Gruden was so yeah. smart, he was so this, he's so that, and blah blah blah. I'm like, do people forget that John Gruden was kind of a middling coach the last few years there? Now, I know a lot of a lot of that has to do with talent, not having a quarterback. I get all that, but he was really a middling head coach the last f- three or four years of his tenure in, in Tampa. And he was a guy, and even in Oakland, you know, even in Oakland, you know, they had a, they had two really good years, and then they had a couple years where they were like nine and seven, eight and eight. So I mean, like, how good is John Gruden? Like, he was a good coach, but I think people like to overstate his his greatness, in my opinion. Like, like he was a good, and he was a guy that he made a lot of questionable quarterback situations decisions too. I mean, he was a guy that thought Chris Sims was going to be the, the the guy that light up the world on fire, and that didn't work out. So, you know, to me, I I think that people look at him on ESPN, they look at him on Monday Night Football. He does a really good job. The Gruden camp thing with the quarterbacks that's always entertaining and fun to watch. So, I think people look at that and say, "Wow, this guy. Why isn't this guy coaching? Why isn't this guy doing this?" Blah blah blah. Like, I think he's a good coach, but I I, I wouldn't. I don't sit there and look at John Gruden as my savior that that's just the thing i look at with john Gruden. i don't look at him as a savior i think he's a good coach and in the right situation he could be successful um but i don't i don't see a guy like a bill parcells like a uh, like like that that instantly comes in and he can change the culture of a franchise up there i don't think he's like a bill parcells bill belichick um you know who, who else could you put in that like you know elite type level coach um i think he's maybe like a tier below that which i think is fair I think that if he would come back to coaching, I think that the obvious fit would be uh, in Tampa. That's and I think the, that he could help bring a culture change there because he is kind of like a fiery guy. Yeah, I think he would. I, I think he definitely would. And I know it sounded like I was but bashing I him. Needs, no, 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 no. I, I, I 100% agree with what you're saying because I don't. I never thought that like Gruden was like – I think he's an innovative coach. I think he has good ideas. He definitely has his flaws. But I don't think that anybody should put him in that – upper level of but that's like, the thing people do though people do like people do every people year really put no, I, like i'm asking like i'm asking honestly do people really put him like revere him that way i mean yeah i mean there's some people like i've had conversations with football fans throughout the years like oh we need to hire john gruden because we'll instantly give i'm like really like I, I just don't i don't see it that way i i i just don't i don't look at it in that in that context with john gruden now and and here's another thing does he even want to come back to coach i don't think he wants to come back i think he has a cushy job yeah i think he's getting he's making a lot of money he's you can argue he's having more success at doing what he's doing now than he ever did as a coach um yeah that's true too so why would he want to come back and then have the having the pressure of coming back resurrecting a franchise. franchise yeah exactly resurrecting a franchise why would you even want to do that why would you want to deal with that headache i think the only way he would come back i think if he was in a situation where he had a no doubt about it slam dunk quarterback like i felt like if he had a ch- if he was in a situation like i thought he would have come back to the raiders when the raiders when they first drafted Derek carr and Derek carr is, <laughs> is, is is as elite as it gets when it comes to quarterbacks or has the potential to be that you know what i mean like that's the only situation i see where john gruden will say okay well we have the quarterback in place you know like an in indie if when andrew luck is healthy like okay we have a quarterback in place we can we, you know, i have something to work with but i don't i don't know how he feels about Jameis winston i mean i i don't he know how he feels Jam- he loves Jameis. he loves Jameis. I, I, again, you're, you're you're pinning your hopes on Jameis. I, I that no, that's just no, me. I yeah. You said you don't know how he feels about Jameis, and I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I know, I know. Just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, man. That's a huge risk if you're John Gruden to pin your hopes on on Jameis Winston. That, that's just that's just my personal opinion. But 
Um, I think the only way that he'll come back is if he, they give if someone gives him the keys and they say, "Oh yeah, he's not coming. He's not coming back unless he's getting full control. Like he's getting full yeah. control. Like he's yeah. gonna run the. He's gonna be in, in a Pete Carroll situation where he gets to pick the GM and him and the GM have a symbiotic yeah. relationship. Like th- that's the that's only way I did, see him. That's what they did for Lovey, and it was a fucking dumpster. And I don't understand why they did that for Lovey because Lovey's not a coach to me in my eyes. That's earned that that <laughs> right? distinction. That's just me. That's ex- but again, it goes back to what we said earlier. It's the fucking Glazers. Yeah, it's the Glazers, and that's the that's that's they're marching down the field. That's, on that's the problem. Yeah, we've had some, but problems. I mean, I think I think we've talked enough about the Bucks. Yeah, we've probably yeah, like, dude, yeah we like, we've y'all we've, talking all this about a four and nineteen. Yeah, I know. I know, but I, I, I but I felt, the, I felt, I felt like, I felt like that was in your spirit, man. I felt like you had to get it off your chest, man. And, 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 and you know what? In part, the podcast, the podcast is therapeutic like that, man. Yeah. John Gruden is like, to, to wrap it all up, John Gruden is for better or for worse, whether you like him or you don't. He is a polarizing figure uh, based off name alone and the things that he's done as a coach and as an announcer and an analyst thing, you know? Uh, so regardless of wherever he would come back, it's going to be a story, so I still think it's a relevant discussion. God damn, Drew Brees throws, like, one of the best deep balls that I've ever seen in my life. That's incredible. That was a hell of a touchdown he just threw. Anyway. Uh, Fuck you. So, regardless, well, there wasn't, yo, there was good coverage on that play, too. Like, he just fucking threw a dime. Um, but, I mean, you know, it is, it, whatever, wherever John Gruden decides he wants to come back, if he does want to come back. Um, it, it's going to be a story everywhere. So I, I, I still think that it is relevant to football discussion. Um, but I mean, this team ain't going nowhere no time soon. Um, we got a yeah. couple key pieces, couple, I feel couple, you. couple, you know, we got some talented players. Um, but we've, we've seen time and again where coaches have done more with less. And so it really makes you think like, okay, like what's the deal here? You know what I mean? Cause I mean, look at the saints last year. Everybody was like, Drew Brees is washed up. Yeah, they wanted they wanted Sean Payton out of the building. They wanted him out. Yeah, they want they wanted to fucking there were that probably would have showed up to pack his bags. Yeah, probably. It's amazing how it's amazing how the team uh, the perception of the team changes in one year. Amazing. Winning, winning winning cures everything. everything. Winning cures everything. Absolutely, absolutely. Because all them stories. If the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, sorry to bring it back, but this is a good example. Tampa Bay Buccaneers were nine and four right now instead of four and nine. That. A uh, story about Jameis Winston and Dirk Cutter not getting along never comes out. Nothing ever. Oh yeah, you already know how this. You Guaranteed. already know how that shit works. Guaranteed. You already know how that shit Guaranteed. works. Like you know, it's amazing. It's amazing how none of this shit ever comes to the surface when you're winning. It, 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 it's amazing. Yeah. It really is. It's yeah. amazing how that happens. So I, you know, yeah. We uh, are yeah. the are the Saints. Uh, are the Saints the best team in the NFC? Do you think that they have the best shot? Well, we can move on to. The, I mean, covering who the I mean. I, to me, I've I've never. I mean, with the with the Wentz injury, and we could talk about that. How do you feel about the whole Wentz injury? Does that really affect the Eagles? I think it does. I think the Eagles. That's I mean, I wasn't I wasn't high on the Eagles because I, I I still was waiting for them to prove it to me before I was going to go gun ho on the Eagles. To me, I was like, Wentz is still a second year quarterback. That's asking a lot of him to come in and basically you know win two two home playoff games and get to a Super Bowl. I wasn't. I, I didn't say it wasn't impossible, but I wasn't as high on the Eagles as other people were. Like I was still kind of in a wait and see mode with them. I wanted to see it before I believed it. <laughs> so, but I think it's a definite hit to the Eagles. I, I you know, and a lot of people were like acting like Nick Foles is like basically Tom Brady as a backup. Like people people forget yeah. that Nick Foles and I like Nick Foles. I think he's a good player, but. Or I think he's a good backup, but I mean, people forget that. Did people not see his tenure in St. Louis or L.A. now? Like, 
Did people not see that part of his career? Like it's like they gloss yeah, over I that. I forgot all about that, bro. Like he was he was trash in St. Louis. Now, granted, St. Louis had a whole host of other issues, like mainly Jeff Fisher. Yeah. But um, you know, it wasn't like they were, you know, exactly like he lit up the world on fire. So I, I don't know, but I, I think that definitely opens up the NFC. Like I think the NFC is wide. I, yeah. This is as wide open I've seen a conference in football in a long time. Like I can see well, any one of those six playoff teams making it to a Super Bowl. I, I think really, I think I like the idea. I hate the Saints. Let me preface this by saying I hate the Saints. Uh, and I can't stand fucking uh, Drew Brees is a great quarterback, but he can take his Blue Lives Matter fucking shit out of here. Um, <laughs> but I think the team, I think the Vikings might have the best shot. Their Case Keenum, is though? Dominant. Case Keenum? You trust Case oh, Keenum in bruh, a big game? Bruh, I don't. But do you do you really have to with that defense? Uh, see, that's the that's the thing about that. See, that, he's, like, been, he's been playing. He's been playing well enough. And I know that the playoffs are. There's gonna come animal. a point. There's gonna but come a point where Case Keenum is gonna have to win him a big time, big game. I'm not talking about a regular season game against Detroit. I'm talking about a big game, you know, at home, you know, trailing 17 13 in the fourth quarter with four minutes left. And he's got to march down the field to get a touchdown against, you know, the Seahawks, for example, whatever, whoever, name a team. Is Kate, do you trust Case Keenum to do that? That, that that's the question mark I have with the Vikings because I love everything else about the Vikings. D- yeah. Do I trust Case I Keenum? Think that, like, I think the that, that's the question mark. That's the question that you have to answer. And I think I think the problem is though it is, and I do I do share that same sentiment. However, we hear the name Case Keenum and we say, "Oh, it's fucking Case Keenum." But if you put a little context on it and look what he's been able to do, and again, I do have to say that I do understand that the playoffs are a different game. The pressure is much, much, much higher. But he's played well enough throughout the season that you can't Oh he's played great. He's he's played he's and played phenomenal. He's played great. I think I think the the one between the two extremes, I think the real answer is somewhere in the middle. Now that can skew one way or the other, but I think that you have to take into consideration the way that he's played this year. I think that gives him just a little bit of like maybe instead of just saying right. okay, it's fucking case Keenum fuck out of here you, you know what I mean like yeah I, just, I feel you I feel you I, I, I don't know I don't know I think it's if they had if their running game was maybe a little bit better I would feel a little bit more at ease about it um but they have probably the best I mean I think you can you really not saying out on the limb they have the best defense in football Oh yeah, I, yeah. I think I, I, I think they're better than the Eagles' defense. I, I think they have the I best. So I think they have the best defense in the NFL right now. Absolutely. So yeah. I, again, I just and I, and I'll preface this by saying this: I I I've always been a fan of Case Keenum. I've always thought that Case Keenum in the right situation on the right team. I think Case Keenum could be a productive quarterback. I always felt this, even when he was he was when he was in Houston. I never understood why he didn't stick in Houston. You know. In Houston, they, he was a Houston kid, you know, a guy that in, in short flashes, in times that he played, he showed flashes of brilliance. It's just, he just, for whatever reason, inconsistency or lack of coaching or lack of stability and structure, he just never really had a lot of long-term success. But I've always been a Case Keenum guy. But I, I think it is a little unfair to say that Case Keenum is going to go in, win two, po- you know, two home playoff games and, and get to a Super Bowl. That, and to say that, and you, to say that with conviction, like, you know, it's going to be done. I, I think that's a little bit of a stretch. I, I don't know that. 
I don't know that. Y'all just caught a big ass break. Yeah, we did. Um, that, that that's that's saying that's saying a lot. I, I just I don't I don't know. Uh, just to like you know, like I said, devil's advocate a little bit. Like, do we trust like the Saints defense down the stretch? You know what I mean? Like their offense is obviously fucking dominant with the addition of Alvin Kamara, but like their defense has been okay. But like you know, I I didn't like. It depends on your their defense. Their defense. I, I I trust their defense enough because I think they have a playmaking defense. Like I love defenses that create turnovers, that create havoc. Like mm-hmm. like there's there's two different types of defense. You have like your rugged, physical, you know, just controls the tempo of the game type of defense, and then you have those defenses that may not you know that bend a little but don't break, and then create turnovers. Like, I love defenses that create havoc, that create turnovers. And the one thing the Saints have is they have a very good secondary, a young athletic secondary that creates turnovers. And that's what I like about the Saints. Again, the Saints defense is always something you're going to be like, geez, do I really trust them? So I get what you're saying. I mean, again, this yeah, is, this is yeah. what makes, but this is what makes the NFC so wide open. The NFC is completely yeah. wide open right now. Like if you told me, like if we had an argument right now, you told me that you thought the Carolina Panthers had a chance to make the Super Bowl. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be like, oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with you. If you told me right now, if, if you told me right now the Seahawks, if they beat the the, the Rams today and, and win that division, the, the Seahawks have a chance. I would be a little bit more skeptical on the Seahawks because I think they're yeah. missing so much on the defense. But even then, I wouldn't even be that skeptical because I would be like, the NFC is wide open. How do you feel about the Rams? You know, I've been, I've been, I've treated the Rams almost like I treated the Eagles. Like I've, I've just kind of been in wait and see mode. I, I, I gotta wait and see. I'm, I'm not totally buying. I'm impressed. I'm impressed with what I've seen. I've liked what I've seen. I've been more impressed with the Rams than I've been with the Eagles because I feel like the Eagles have been product of a schedule that's been really, really, really suspect. Like if you look at the Eagles schedule, they really haven't played anybody. Like you, if you break down the Eagles schedule, they really have not played anybody of of any real substance outside of me i mean i know the nfc east is is but the nfc east is not that great outside of the cowboys no, the nfc the nfc east is not what it used to be it's not what it the used giants, to be the nfc the giants are the giants are fucking trash the fucking cowboys are are, are are a talented team but they were but they've been unachieving for most part of the year and then the redskins are the redskins i mean they're 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 up they're down they're up they're down they're down they're up so the redskins are the redskins the redskins are a yep, middling team yep. so i don't think yep. the nfc is that great then they've played the Bears, they've played this team, they've played that. So I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't I'm not. I haven't been that impressed with the Eagles, honestly. Like I, I know they were they were eleven and one, and everybody was all gun ho Eagles, yay! And I love Carson Wentz, and I, I absolutely love Carson Wentz. I think he's a stud. But I, I just that schedule to me is like, uh, you know, they're a little bit like Wisconsin to me in college football. How really good are they? Because they they've had a really easy schedule, so I don't know how to really grade them. That being said, um. You know, I think the Eagles and the Rams, I put them in kind of in the same books, in, in the same kind of that, book. Like, I, I game, think that the game, the Eagles and Rams game, um, it was a really good game. And I think the Rams, this is the thing. Actually, I really like the Rams watching them play. Like, I've kind of, like, not like taken a liking to them, but um, I like the progression that Jared Goff has shown. Uh, and I, I, Todd Gurley is one of my favorite players in the league. Like, I love that fucking kid. Um, so I'll like check them out when they're on TV or whatever. And I think the thing that's going to hold them back the most is that their coach is so young. But they do have Wade Phillips coaching the defense, so that does. And I like that coach, play. by the way. I like I like that coach. I, I I think that they're a perfect situation. He reminds me. He reminds me of Tomlin when Tomlin first started. He just has that aura and that yeah. presence. Even for a young guy, he has that that that. Pre- I think he, I think the Rams hit a home run with that hire. He reminds me a little bit of fucking John Gruden. Yeah. Yeah. 
Absolutely. He's like a fiery yeah. guy. He's got an innovative offense. He's young. Like, and I think like his dad is like friends with Gruden or some shit like that. So, you know, there's that type of thing. But philosophy wise, he does remind me of it. But he does remind me of Tomlin a little bit too, where he's a young guy, comes in, has like the aura. The players really respect him and they like him and he's out there having fun with his players. Um, and I was very skeptical of that hire to begin with. I was like, bro, this nigga's younger than me. You know what I mean? But if you can coach, you can coach. You I was skeptical I mean? of it too. I'll, I'll be I'll be honest. I was skeptical of it too. But yeah, like you said, if yeah, you can coach, I, you can coach. I, I'm happy to be And I've been impressed from what I've seen from him. I really have. I'm tired of seeing the same coaching carousel in the NFL. I'm tired of it. I think there needs to be young there needs to be new blood. And that's that. Like I, I just I think that's a good a good thing for the league. You know what I mean? Like we need to see some of that moving forward, and I don't think that's gonna be the norm. Um, but it's a nice outlier. But um, I think that against the Eagles, they went away from running. What the fuck kind of play was bit. that? My bad. Go ahead. Uh, what, what, that was bad play. What was that? Run the fucking football. My bad. Go ahead. Continue. My bad. Y'all, y'all need y'all need another running back. No, it's not the running back. It's the play calling. That play calling was stupid. Why would you roll him no, out all the way mean, to the fucking? <laughs> they were trying to run the ball with Matt Forte. They washed. Matt Forte is still effective. Run the fucking football. It's third and three. Get get three yards, damn it. God damn. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's three yards. Go ahead. I feel you. I feel I feel But, um, no. So, I, I actually, for the NFC, like, I think the Rams would be a nice story. Um, I just don't know if they're ready yet. Yeah, they um, might not be ready for prime time. They might not be ready. But I, I'll be. But, I, I think next year, they're going to be a force. And they're still a force now. That defense is good. Jeff Fisher's a terrible fucking coach. Uh, <laughs> you don't say. But I think I like I like I don't know I, I would like to see them, but the Vikings defense is so dominant that I think it's going to be one of those three teams in the NFC Championship. Well, I don't even know. Like the Eagles, it's hard to count the Eagles out too. Even though uh, I, to me, you're asking to me you're asking a lot of Nick Foles to say. Because if I'm going to have the same question marks about if I'm going to have the same question marks about Case Keenum, then I have to have the same question marks about Nick Foles. Like, I guess we have to have him about Jared Goff too. Oh, but Jared Goff because of keeping, of youth, yeah, yeah, youth, yeah. I, I mean, to me, I think the NFC is wide. The the NFC is wide open, man. I mean, it's just wide, wide the fuck open. Like, I, you can even make the case for as inconsistent as the Falcons have been, and I still don't trust that team in a big spot. I, I do not. For the life of, I would never in a clutch situation where the game is on the line, I would never trust that team because that team to me has still has no heart. But that being said, you could make the case for the Falcons making it back to the Super Bowl. I mean, the NFC is that wide open. It's that wide open. So I, you know, the AFC is a little bit more settled because it's to me, it's going to be one. It's either going to be Pittsburgh or or New England. I'll give Kansas City a small shot because it looks like they've righted the ship a little bit. But even then. You know, the, the thing that hurts Kansas City, if you really wanted to pick Kansas City in the AFC, is that how much damage did this six-game losing streak or the five-game losing streak hurt them? Like, how much da- Like, they went from being a top seed to being a fourth seed. So, that's going to hurt them eventually. Like, you, you, you had you had basically two guaranteed play, home playoff games, and now you're going to may, maybe have one, and that's it. So, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing that hurt to me, Kansas City's chances of making it to the Super Bowl. And their defense is not as good as it used to be. But, uh, to me, I think in the AFC, it's going to come down to New England and Pittsburgh. And, and that's what it's going to yeah. come down to, you know. Yeah, I just I don't think that there's I don't I don't trust anyone else in the AFC really. I mean, like you said, I, and uh, about the Chiefs, and I don't think I really trust um, Alex Smith. Like, I yeah, think he's solid, but I don't. Yeah, I don't trust 
Alex Smith is not the quarterback that's going to win or lose you a game. Oh, I can make the case he's going to lose you a game by by. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can make it more of a case that he's going to lose you a game than win you a game. But I get what you're saying. You know what I mean? Like he's not going to like. Yeah. But I like Alex Smith though. I like Alex. Smith. I we both me and you remember when he got drafted out of Utah? Me and you both were like, "Yo, this kid can ball." Like you just put him in the right system, and I think he was mismanaged for a couple of years. Like so, he had a couple. Like, I'd, I'd say he was mismanaged for about a good seven years. Yeah, like just a revolving door of coaches and things like that. You know what I mean? But injuries. You know, he's pretty much the quarterback whisperer. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll see how much of a quarterback whisperer he is with Mahomes because they got a hard on from Mahomes, and I just don't see it. Bro, I like, I like Mahomes. I don't trust. This is my issue with Baker Mayfield going in the top of the draft or going in how people project him to be in the top 15 picks or so. I don't trust Big 12 quarterbacks. I've said it for years. I'll continue to say it. I don't trust quarterbacks that play in that, in that conference. That's just me. I know it's fucked up to say. I know, but we have more evidence than not that quarterbacks that come from that conference are just not that good. Uh, in, in my opinion, in my belief system, they're not that good. RG three, um, Sam Bradford. Although Sam Bradford might be the best one to come out of that conference, you know, even Sam Bradford's had a middling career. You know, I think Sam Bradford's issue is injuries, injuries than it is play. But, but I, I mean, get, even I then, get, but I get, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I just I don't, mean, I just don't like, trust. I don't trust quarterbacks in that, in that, in that. Uh, I just don't trust quarterbacks think, in that in I that, think there has to be, like... This guy went to like, Texas Tech. Cliff, huh? This guy went to Texas Tech. Cliff Kingsbury... I can never pronounce his fucking name. Say it five times. Cliff Kingsbury's offense. Like, I don't... I don't. Patrick Mahomes? Patrick Mahomes is the guy... I'm, and I know he's got... He's got all the physical tools that makes guys get fucking hard-ons. I get that. I get all that. I... I yeah. I'm, I'm not sold on him. I don't know. I think there has to be a level of distinction between where they play... Because look at like look at Carson Wentz, man. This nigga played a fucking what? North but he played North a pro style offense, is what I'm saying. He ran a pro style offense in in North but Dakota against, State against inferior competition. But he still had he right. still ran a base NFL offense. The problem with these guys is they ran they run these one read spread offenses where you're not asked to read defenses, you're not asked to fucking go through progressions, and then you expect these guys to come in the NFL and just get it. And some guys get it, and some guys never do. Like they never do because they've never played they've never fucking played quarterback with that kind of responsibility ever in their lives. Some of these kids played spread their whole entire lives. Yeah. Like they've never but even been under also, center. And it also depends on the coaching situation too, because if you have a like a Josh McDaniels or an Andy Reid uh, or a, a Sean Payton, somebody that will look at the talent that they have and they say, "Okay, this is what we can do in order to help this." Because look at what Sean McVay is doing. Yeah. Look, where Jared Goff go to college? Cal. Cal. Yeah. Cal's. I mean, it's the Pac-12. Like we've had some guys come out of there. You know what I mean? But you know, it's. It's all subjective. Yeah, it's, it's, it's subjective. It's, and I know it sounds fucked up to say, like, oh, guys like, that play in this I conference like, I are... Like I personally like I like Baker. Baker Mayfield. I just... I don't know. He's small. I don't... I, to me, he's too... To me, he's too much... To me, he's Manzelish. He's too Manzelish for me. I, I don't... No, 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 no. Look, Manzel... If it wasn't from Mike Evans, Manziel would not have done the shit that he was uh, I guess. I, I mean, Johnny you can say that. You can say. You can say that. A lot of a lot of Johnny, a lot of Johnny Manziel with him rolling out of the pocket and throwing it up. But we've seen Baker Mayfield march his team down and make ballsy throws, like throw darts. Johnny Manziel was throwing up ducks. 
He was. He was. I, I, I'm not going to. I think Baker is more of a gamer, and I think that he has a better arm. Baker's he does have a better arm than, than Menzo. He is small, but I just think he's. He, I just. I don't know. I just don't trust that offense or that that. I just. I don't know. I, 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 there's just something about quarterbacks that play in that conference that I just have reservations about. That's just me. If I was well, a GM, Oklahoma, Oklahoma doesn't run like. I mean, in Oklahoma, I'm not like fucking pitching back because there's never been a good fucking quarterback come out of Oklahoma. Um, but they don't run like a full. Eh, Troy Aikman, if you want to, if you want to be, if you want to be technical, Troy Aikman did start at Oklahoma first, but he did, he did come of age in UCLA, but whatever. Right, right. So I mean, like that's the thing. Like I, I think you gotta have to look at the guy. You know what I mean? But back to Patrick Mahomes. Like I like Patrick Mahomes. I think that he's not ready yet. Oh, he's not I ready yet. He, can you? He's, he's not, not ready. ready. He needs like another year or two. But I think he's in a situation with Andy Reid. And the playmakers that they have on on that offense, you got Travis Kelsey, you have uh, Tyreek Hill. Uh, what's uh, the other guy's fucking name? I can't think. Um, the other one, the other receiver. You have Cream Hunt, and there's another receiver that they have that's like Tyreek Hill, small, fucking fast and strong. Oh yeah, <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, I forgot but, the name of dude. You know, so you have like those type of players, and Mahomes. If there's one thing that he can do, he can fucking sling the football. So. I think that that's a good situation for him if he's able to learn. But the mental aspect is is a big thing because you are asked to read defenses and the defenses move faster than they have in college. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it, it is a thing. Um, and, it, and it's tough to look at quarterbacks because we've seen guys light it the fuck up in college and they're like, oh, it's a pro-style offense and there's no reason why this guy shouldn't be a fucking stud. And he's fucking garbage. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm not saying that, you know, basically the pro-style offense is the end-all, be-all. I mean, no, we no, see no, guys... No, no, no. Yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. Level, Absolutely. There's, like, there's a level of ambiguity, I mean, that it's tough to say, like, whether or not. But I think, like, some of Baker Mayfield's, like, intangibles, I think that they can benefit him at the next level. I think he's going to go to... He's going to go to a team. Um, he's probably going to go to, you know... Uh, he's obviously going to go to a not-so-great team. Um, but, I mean... Would, it, would you like it if he went to the Jets? Let me ask you that. Um, you I, I, again, I like Baker Mayfield. I just don't know how good he's going to be. I mean, if I'm the Jets, I mean, I'm almost at a point where, like, why not? I mean, why not take a risk? I mean, what really do you have? You know, if, 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 the, if the option is Baker Mayfield or Josh McCown, like, take a chance on Baker Mayfield. You might hit a home run there. You know what I'm saying? I don't – so I'm, I'm almost at that point. But if, it, if I was a GM, like, for instance, like – if I was a GM, forget Rosen and 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 Darnold for a second. I I, I believe Darnold's going to go back to school. By the way, that's just me. But if, <laughs> if I'm if stay away, if, stay away from the Browns. Yeah, and the Giants. Shit. I and mean, the Giants. And the Giants. I was literally getting. Ready to say <laughs> but I was, like, but I think I but I think Darnold's that. smart enough to know like why why would I come out this year where I'm going to be compared to thousands of quarterbacks when I can come out next year where the quarterback class is not as is not as fucking deep and I could be the big fish in a small pond. That's what I that's what I think. But but here's the thing: if if I'm a GM, if I'm choosing between let's say Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield, I got to go with Lamar Jackson. I would too. That's just me, because I, even though I don't like I don't like run first quarterbacks and I don't like guys that play the type of way that Lamar Jackson plays, 
I'm going to bet more on potential and upside with Lamar Jackson and his athleticism. And if he ever figures out how to play from the pocket and he has made the transition, he's played, he's played, he's played what he's, I've been impressed with Lamar Jackson because I saw him last year and I was like, damn, I don't know how this guy's going to make the transition. And this year he has transitioned his game a little bit better. So I will say that, that he's played a little bit better from the pocket. He's been able to go through a little bit more progressions. So I would bet more on Lamar Jackson than I would Baker Mayfield. But I mean, it's an interesting discussion that you're going to, we're going to have. As we get to draft time and whatnot. I really believe that. But if I had to put a gun... Going back to our original conversation. If I had to put a gun to your head right now. Like life on the line. And you had to pick a Super Bowl team out of the NFC. And I know it's early to do Super Bowl predictions. But this is just right now. If we're just looking at everything out as is today. If you had to pick a team right now. Who are you picking? For your your Super Bowl team. In the NFC. Vikings? Yep. I mean, again, I... I think that defense... I think... If I had, like you said, a choice right now, I think that defense is too dominant for me to ignore compared to the other teams. I think if I had to quick make a quick plus minus with the other teams, I think that the the dominance of their defense will help mask the deficiencies of the offense. And I think that their defense is that good that it will help versus the pros and cons of the other teams in the NFC. What about what do you what do you think? That's the thing. I mean, I'm I'm struggling, man. I, I'm just like, like man. I'm, I'm just right now. Hammers back. Pick now. I'm gonna go with the Saints. Okay, that's fair. I'm gonna I, go with I the Saints. It's any of three teams. If you would have said the Vikings, Saints, or Rams, or Eagles, really, the, the injury does put them in a little bit of a paradoxical yeah, situation. But I still think that team, the defense is pretty good, and they. I don't think they're going to have to run the ball better than they have been. Well, they've been running the football better this year. I mean, if anything, that's the one thing that's surprised me is the way they've been able to run the ball with Ingram. Like, the reason I picked the Saints is because... I meant the Eagles. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Definitely with Kamara and, and Ingram. Yeah, yeah, that's the sure. reason. That's the reason I'm going with the Saints. I think these. I think the Saints can score, obviously. Their offense is great. But I think they have an offense now for the first time that travels on the road. Like that they can yeah, run the football. Yeah. They have a playmaking defense. Or they, I know their defense is always a little suspect, but I think they can make enough plays where I think that they can be dangerous on the road. And not to mention, they just have the quarterback. I, I trust Drew Brees more yeah. than I trust Nick Foles. I trust Drew Brees more than I trust Case Keenum or, or Teddy Bridgewater. I trust Drew Brees That's... more than I even trust Cam Newton. I, I'll be honest. I like, I like, yeah. I like Carolina's defense. I just don't love their offense. I, I yeah, think the problem with Carolina is they can't I think, score. I think they, I think they reached on Christian McCaffrey. I don't, I don't think McCaffrey. I think McCaffrey's good. I, I think McCaffrey's I don't good. Think he's a good. I don't think he's a. I say it reaches the aspect. I don't think that he's a good fit for that team. They don't know how to use him. That's the problem. Whether like if Christian, like if, like if Christian, like if Christian McCaffrey would have went to the Saints, or he'd be Camara right now. Like he'd be Camara. I think I think Kamara's better. Kamara can Kamara's better, but I think he'd be a Kamara light. That's what I'm saying. Like if he if he'd have gone to New England, if he'd gone to New Orleans, if he'd gone to Pittsburgh, like they'd figure out a way to to use him better. But I, I think Carolina just doesn't know how to use him, so that's the problem. But I think he's been good for them for as much as they've been inept at how to how to use him in the right situations. Like I think he's been pretty decent for them. I just don't trust Carolina's offense. I just their offense. Greg Olson. I don't, I don't trust, think I don't trust Ron Rivera. I like Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera gets a lot of heat. I mean, the guy's consistent. He's consistent. I mean, is he, is he, is he, you know, is he a ball of laughs and, and a spark of fire? No. Is he kind of boring and bland and generic and milk toast? Yeah. But I like him. I mean, he's a, he's a good coach. You know, he's not great, but he's a good coach and he's consistent. And that team plays hard. That team is consistent every year outside of maybe one or two years here and there. That team is consistent year in and year out. So I like Ron Rivera. I, I think people rag on him too much. I like Ron Rivera. 
Hey, did we talk about Marvin uh, Marvin Lewis yet? No, we can talk about it real quick. Real quick. Um, as a coach, he's the black Jeff Fisher, but I think he's good at evaluating. That's my opinion. Marvin. I, I've gone back and forth with Marvin Lewis. I think. I think he should have been fired years ago, me personally, because I think you can't have the the level. Like, to me, he's held that franchise back, in my opinion. Like, yeah. that team is – like, I know people like to drag on Andy Dalton, and I've, I almost come off as the Andy Dalton defender in a lot of ways, and a lot of on this podcast, on Twitter. Like, is Andy Dalton – is Andy Dalton Tom Brady? No. But is Andy Dalton the worst fucking quarterback ever? No. Like, you hear people say, like, Andy Dalton is the worst quarterback ever. Oh, my God. How does Andy Dalton do this? Like, Andy Dalton is not that bad. He's a he's a solid quarterback. Like, he's, yeah. is he, is, again, I'm not saying Andy Dalton is Tom Brady. I'm not saying Andy Dalton is, is Jared Goff. I'm not saying any of that. But is Andy Dalton he's, terrible? He's not fucking TJ. He's not TJ Yates. No, uh, yeah, yeah, he's not TJ Yates. I mean, he's not TJ Yates. He's not. <laughs> he's not Matt Schaub. Like, he's a solid quarterback. Like, if you put he, Andy Dalton is the type of quarterback you put him in the right situation. That that is coaching, talent around him. Andy Dalton is a competent quarterback. He can win you 10, you, 11 games. Now, can Andy Dalton? Can Andy Dalton win you a Super Bowl? If you put him where? On your Jets team right now, they have a winning record. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what we're five and we're five and eight right now. So yeah, I mean, would we be better than that? Probably flip that record around, honestly. Uh, yeah, I, at the very least, we'd be a five hundred team. Yeah. Like, I, 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 and I, and again, I understand all of the flaws in Andy Dalton's game. I get all that, but I, I almost come off as his defender because I feel like some people go overboard with the with killing Andy Dalton. Like he's not that bad. I mean, he's a Bro, solid quarterback. The Giants about to come back and beat the Eagles. I will laugh hysterically. My bad. Yeah, I will laugh hysterically too. That being said, but like, but I think I I think with Marvin Lewis, I think I think he should have left a long time ago, like maybe four or five years ago at the most. And I think he could have gone somewhere else and been a quality coach somewhere else. Like after a while, the, the rivers run dry. I just I I never I never looked at I never looked at Marvin Lewis as a head coach. I, I've always thought he was a great coordinator. He was one of those guys that was a better coordinator than he was a coach. I, I just I've always looked at Marvin Lewis that way. I, I just I, I think he's held that team back because that team's got talent. I, we've already professed our our our. Not love, but are defending of 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 Andy Dalton. I, you know they got AJ Green. They've had a decent off a defensive line, although I think their defensive line is overrated. Um, they have a pretty good enough defense, a good enough defense anyway. That that team is not that bad, and that team should not be as inept and as inconsistent as they constantly are. And I just think that team just needs a coaching change. And sometimes, and sometimes, you know what? Just the voice gets old. I mean, Marvin Lewis has been there what fifteen years or so, like that, something like that. Yeah. Like yeah, sometimes yeah, it's just time exactly. for a new. Sometimes it's just time for a new change for a new voice that you bring in. Sometimes that doesn't work. Like you know what I mean? Like I think you're. I think you're absolutely right. Like it has to be like you know. It has to be like it has to be a mixture of things. Like, but I I think that he's a good coach. Um, I think that he's he's done a really good job. Like if you think of some of the names on that team, like talent wise, like. He took a gamble on a lot of guys, and they turned out to be really good football players. So I think that he might be able to move yeah, on. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't think he gets another head coaching job. I mean, maybe he'll be a retread candidate somewhere. 
I, but I, I just, I mean, I think he's going to have the, to do another year or two as a defensive coordinator until before. Yeah, I think he, I think yeah, and I think he's a, I, I think he's a tremendous defensive mind. I, I really, I've always been high on him as a defensive mind because to me, I think that de- I've always felt that defense has been overrated. Like I, and that's a, that's a credit to Marvin Lewis. I've always felt like that defense has been overrated because I feel like that's how good he's that's how good he is as a defensive schemer and a mindset and a mind on the defensive side of football. That I think he's been able to to get more out of that defense, and I think that how truly talented that defense really is. So if if I had to say something nice about Marvin Lewis, I'll say that that I, I think he's a tremendous defensive mind. But I mean, the one thing I don't want to hear is that Marvin Lewis got a raw deal or that he got screwed or whatever. No, Marvin Lewis has been there 15 years, countless playoff exits, countless playoff exits. He's been there 15. So I, I'm I'm probably wrong on the on the time. I know he's been there more than 10 years, more than 12 years. And and it's like they're they're constantly underachieved. They haven't won a playoff game. They haven't won a, a playoff game in forever. Like it's time for a change. So I don't want to hear that you know Marvin Lewis got the raw deal. He got screwed. No, I, that, that's not fair. He he's gotten enough. If anything, I can make the case that Marvin Lewis should have been fired five years ago. Yeah, I mean, 2015 he went 12 and four, and they lost. and that was the year Andy Dalton got hurt. Yeah, 2014. They went 10 and 5, lost to the Colts in the wild card. Like, they haven't been out of the first year of the playoffs. Like, you can't, like, that's not sustainable. And I think the game that did it for them this year was the Steelers game on Monday Night Football. Mm-hmm. I, I think that was the game that really kind of just, like, this guy has to go. Like, it, it, it's, it's time. It, it's time. Like, and again, I, I like Marvin Lewis as a, as a, as a, as a defensive coach. I think he's a hell of a coordinator. I think any team that brings him on to their staff, their defense instantly upgrades, like just instantly becomes a great defense. I would, and and but I just think I just think I just think his time as a coach has just passed. He's been there for fi- I mean almost I think he's on I, I, dog. When did he become the Bengals coach? Like two thousand two something like that. Like dog, it's like two thousand two, two thousand three. Their Wikipedia. He's I, I'm, been the head coach there since two thousand three. Okay, yeah, that's four. That was like what? That's 13, 14 years right there. He's been there a long time. That's a long time. And, and it's not like he's won a Super Bowl there. So it's not like they owed him anything to keep him there that long. You talk about bad owners. You talk about bad owners. I mean, there's, there's, there's no worse owners, maybe other than, than Hazlitt in the, in, in the league than fucking, you know, Mike Brown and the fucking Bengals ownership. But, you know, I just. He's the black Jeff Fisher, like I said, man. I would say he's had more more success recently than he than Jeff Fisher. So, yeah. Hey, Jeff Fisher got to an AFC Championship game. He got to a Super Bowl or a Super Bowl. I mean, should have won. You can make the case. Should have won it. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk. Have you have you have you have you heard about this Jerry Richardson shit? Uh, that's the Panthers owner. Yeah. Yeah, I heard about that shit. That shit don't surprise me, bro. I I I, I tweeted I tweeted on Twitter the other these day. I was like, these, if you are rich and a man. Chances are you are wild the fuck out places you're not supposed to. Dog, I I, I tweeted instantly as soon as this news broke. Well, I, I I tweeted this on Thursday when the whole ESPN thing came out about the workplace thing and the, the, the you know the Boston Globe article reporting you know kind of just widespread sexual misconduct at ESPN. Mm-hmm. I tweeted and here it begins. I I that's all I said and and it begins and it begins yeah, I mean, because it's only a matter of time before the whole whatever you want to call it. Women's enlightenment, revolution, whatever you want to talk. And I, I have my own issues on that and my own comments on that. I, I'm not going to get into that because I don't feel like getting into a big, deep social social commentary discussion on that. But uh, if it's hey, happening... shout out to them women speaking up. That's all, I, that's all I care about because the shit is wrong. 
And if somebody's doing something wrong, I don't think that you should fear for your job. Absolutely. Your safety, I, 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 something that's wrong. I want to preface this by saying I have two daughters. Um, and I don't even know how I would even react. I, I don't even know what 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 my what places my mind would take me if this ever happened to one of my daughters. I was raised by yeah. women. I grew up around women. I have women that are my best mm. friends in this world. So if anybody is not to sound like Donald Trump, but is anybody more sensitive <laughs> to women and understands women? I like to think it's me, or I I have a good understanding of women. I'll say that not to sound too arrogant and cocky. Like I have a good understanding of women and what they go through, and I respect and love women. My wife, my mother, my daughters included. My only issue with this whole thing is I feel like these these cases, these claims should be vetted. I feel like I feel like we should have yes. an open discussion a and a conversation, uh, open discussion and a conversation. Because I've said it on Twitter, I'm like, what's stopping any woman with a grudge or a vendetta from accusing anybody of sexual misconduct? Like, yeah, I, I've been young. I was I was at I was at one point in my life young and dumb and drank and did stupid shit in the club or in bars and, you know, did things that I probably shouldn't have done or acted in ways that I probably shouldn't have done. Does that speak of me as a person or does that speak of just youth and inexperience? And I'm not, and again, I don't want to sound like I'm the typical guy trying to defend guys. I'm not because I feel like if you're, if you're a shit bag and a dirt ball and you did some of these fucking perverted things that like Louis C.K. or or Harvey Weinstein have been accused of fucking doing. I feel like you should be thrown under the jail. I feel like you should be fucking. It's a it's a it's a scorch yeah, earth policy on you. But I, I feel like I these claims should, should be vetted. Be like, like the vetting, like you said, it shouldn't be a witch hunt where accusal guilty. That's and that's what it feels, and that's the part, and that's and that's what it and that's what it feels like to me, and 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 it pisses me off because it's when because we live in this kind of overly politically correct society where it's if you come with a with a with a with a take that's opposite of the kind of the general scope everybody thinks you're sexist like i'm not sexist i'm just saying we should be able to vet these claims the problem i have is these women wait 15 years oh he touched me in 1994 like that was 23 years ago like in 23 years this never came up in a discussion this never came up in a conversation you never and i get it some men are horrible fucking individuals. I've seen it where situations where women have been, have been, have been dealt with in terrible situations where things like these have been, have been used against them to keep them from getting promotions or getting jobs or blah, 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 da, 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 da. fear of, of reciprocation. I get all of that. And I, and I understand that that is something that definitely plays a part in this. But I think there should be a love. I think we should be able to access a society. Hey, you know, like the whole Al Franken situation. This shit happened in 2006. This man ran for Senate in 2008, got reelected, got reelected, and never one time this thing came up. Like in 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 basically in in 11 years, this never came up. This never was a topic of discussion. This never, and none of his appoint, uh, none of his uh, of his opponents ever was able to track down this woman and say what happened and blah 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 blah. Like that, that's the thing that just I I don't feel like that is fair. That we should just be able to just yep yep. You know what? You touched a girl inappropriate. You're done. You're fired. You're gone. You're out. Blah blah blah. And that's it. No vetting process. No investigation. Nothing. Ran for office under the precedent that this shit didn't happen, and the shit that he did is not cool. So it's not cool, and I'm not defending Al Franken. But that's not something or someone that should be representing the people in a district or a state or things like that. I just don't think that that's that's conduct for anybody to be in any type of leadership position. And the thing, and honestly, the fact of the matter is, is like, yeah, it did take a long time for it to come out, but who's to say that these things, somebody reported it to somebody and it never got, it out. never got it to, and you're right. And, and that's seen instances 
So I just I think like I do think that you're right that there'd be a vetting process for it. But I do think that there is a, a precedent of women's voices not being heard. And now that's kind of the wheels are starting to shift on that a little bit. And I think it's a good thing because if you are a scumbag and man or woman, if you're a scumbag, I think that you deserve what's fucking coming to you. you Absolutely. Know I mean? like, Absolutely. I think it's as simple as that, but there should Absolutely. be some sort of vetting process. And, you know, this person did this to me or this person did that to me. You know, it, there should be some sort of looking process, but there's a little bit of a, a culture of a witch hunt. Um, but I, honestly, I think that in a way that, that's better than doing nothing. I oh, I, 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 I completely agree with you. I completely agree with you. And I've had this conversation like with my wife and I always like to get the woman's perspective because, yeah. you know, it's, it's easy for men to have this conversation because I don't understand what women go through. I've never had anybody like just grab my ass and just say, you know, come here, watch me jerk off or anything. No homo. Like I've, I've never had that happen to me. I've never been in that situation. I've never been in that. I don't have the, the experience to say, I know what that's like. I've just never been in that. So it's hard for me and me and you to have this conversation without the perspective of a woman. So I do yeah. try to talk to my yeah. wife. I try to talk to my sister and try to get their expertise. And they and it's funny. A lot of women kind of feel the same way that I do. Like, you know, I see both sides of it. As a woman, I get it and I understand it. And I get that men are assholes. My wife has told me, like, yeah, men are assholes. And men do this shit all the time, especially men with power. But I also, but I also know women and I also know that women are vindictive and are whatever so it's like you can't just simply say oh all these women are right all these men are assholes and blah 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 now like in certain situations kevin spacey admitted it he's a, he's a shitbag like harvey weinstein i mean you can't i mean he had 30 years of just fucking you know mm-hmm. just documented and stuff it was, and it was widely well known like with it within the industry it's well known yeah it was wildly well known like throughout the town that he was now here's the thing that now here's the only thing with that right like i hate like now that it's come out now all the all people in hollywood are saying yeah harvey weinstein was a piece of shit we all knew that like no you didn't if you didn't come out and say this shit for 30 years don't don't jump on the bandwagon now and be like oh like even even my man uh john barenthal who was a who's, who i love as punisher or whatever like he came out oh kevin spacey was hard to work with on set blah 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 not a surprise like dude like it th- before this ever came out you would have never said that you would have never said that. Like, that's my problem. Like, don't jump on the bandwagon now and try to rip the guy when he's on a... And again, I'm not I'm not, I'm not sympathizing a, with Kevin a Spacey. It, though, a lot of it, too, is, is, like, context of it. Like, if, if you were to come out and say, like... Like, there's, like, an instance, like, Courtney, Courtney Love, like, years and years and years ago. Like, she was on the camera, like, at the MTV Awards or something like that. She was like, don't go to parties at Harvey Weinstein's house. Like, just kind of said it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, like, a contextual aspect of it because... If you were to say it in front of the cameras, people are like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? You know what I mean? And it's also the, the messenger, too. It's also the messenger, too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's probably all the discussion that we could have. But, like, and, and I think, I don't think this this is going to, I think sports are such a weird realm that, like, what what can you realistically do to the owner of a team? Like, could you Donald Sterling his ass and be like, okay, so your team. Well, I, I I think you can. I mean, I think if this is something, well, I don't know if you've been, I don't know if you've been on. Ownership is so much different than than basketball ownership. Like, I don't, I think it's a, I think it's a unique situation. Like if it, if he was doing that shit, then, but the thing is like, what's it gonna, I don't want to say like, I don't want to say this, like, don't do anything, but like, what realistically can you do? Because if you make themselves teams, you're still going to be filthy fucking rich. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 you feel me? Like, yeah, like even Donald Sterling, for as much vitriol and hate that he got, he still got $3 billion for selling the fucking, 
yeah. for selling the Clippers. The Clippers. Now, the Clippers, a middling NBA game. franchise, three billion dollars. <laughs> like, yeah, like so. So I, I get it. It's it's still like you win either way. Even though even though when people think you lose, you win. It's like it's where's one of those punish? things. Where's the punch? Exactly. Is what I really want to say. I I would say like, and, and people people who. Would say people who are opposite end of this would say, well, the punishment is that your name, your reputation gets a hit, and I and I and and the court of public opinion is is your biggest your biggest you know pain. You feel the biggest pain during your in the court of public opinion because now everybody it's a scorch earth policy with you. Now everybody hates you. Now everybody thinks you're a piece of shit. But you're still rich, so it's like so it's like basically like what's that? My bad. Like it would it would I think it would affect the player much more than like an owner. You're right. You're right. You know what I mean? But I don't know. We've but, seen but, in this country that if you're rich, you're rich, like shit don't happen to you, man. Like that's basically dog, like, if you dog. have money, the, 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 the consequences are minimal. And we'll send this back to Jerry Richardson because I wanted to – I don't know if you've been on Bleacher Report today or as a lot today. But now there's been a report that he – that Jerry Richardson gave hush money – to people to keep this shit kind of under wraps. So this shit is, and, 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 and now, (laughs) and also now the NFL is taking over the investigation. So, I mean, this shit more and more, I mean, he gave employee payouts after his sexual and racial remarks. So, yeah, see, that's, that's, so these are things. So, so this, this story is, is evolving by the day. And so, but that, but I mean, to, to bring up your old point, I mean, and we talked about Al Franken and we talked about all these celebrities and all these individuals and all these folks. And again, I want to preface this by saying, if you in any way inappropriately, unwarrantedly touch a woman, you are a scumbag. I'm not defending these men. I'm not defending these individuals. My only preface is it should not just be an open and shut case. Yep. Touch the woman. Right. You're done. Like we should have a vetting process. We should investigate. We should get all the facts on the table. And when everything has been proven and we have a good, credible information and basis that we can go off then we make a determination yep this guy's a scumbag this guy's this this guy's that this guy's this blah 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 blah, blah. until then I, I feel like it's it's basically her word versus everybody or his word versus her word basically and that's all it is and i don't think that's fair yeah it's, it's a lot of it's a lot of punishment it's like oh man we've ignored this problem for decades let's fix it and that's not the way to fix it. Exactly. Not the, and here's my that's thing, though. Here's my thing, though, too. And and why I was so pissed off at Al Franken. I'm not pissed off that Al Franken resigned because I feel like he did he did some bad things. And I, as much as I love his politics and I love Al Franken as a comedian, if he did these things, he's wrong. He's wrong, and he should he should not represent the Senate. But here's my problem with this society: be consistent. Donald yes. like the Donald Trump should resign. And if I was Al Franken, I would have said, you know what? I'm not resigning until Al, I'll, I'll do, I'll, I'll resign. I have no problems quitting the Senate. I'll quit when Donald Trump quits. Yeah. When Donald Trump that's resigs what, office, I will resign because that's not fa- that's not fair. I get hung out to dry. I get sacrificed and thrown to the wolves and Donald Trump can still be president. This man has 19 accusations, 19. And I know, and, and if you take it by my, my opinion and my perspective, we should vet all these. And let's say you vet them and eight of them. Eight of them are actually legit. That's still eight too many for a president. Yeah, that's eight too many for anybody. Shit, even if you vet all of them and one of them is accurate, that's still yep. one. Yep. You know what I mean? I, like my my, my feel is like is, is very simple. Like and and that's a, a a great point that you brought up. Like okay, I'm not resigning until Donald Trump is. But the problem, and this is like a microcosm of politics in this country, is that. The Democrats feel like they're so much better than the Republicans that they won't get their fucking hands dirty. 
And that shit's not doing no good. Like when Michelle Obama says, oh, they go, we go higher. No, dog. Fight fucking fire. Exactly. Fire. And Bill Maher has said it. That's and Bill Maher has said that for years. The problem with the Democrats is that we, 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 we bring knives while Republicans are bringing guns. Yep. And they don't give a fuck. They'll do. They'll they'll get they down and dirty. They'll get into the mud. They'll do anything to win a fucking election. Even suppress yep. fucking African American votes. Like we've seen that. Yep. We we they, they they nothing that the Republicans do surprise me. So like because they but, but but you know what? In a lot of ways, in a, in a weird way, I respect them because they don't give a fuck. They know. Hey, this is this is this is a war. It's a war going on outside. Nobody's safe. Nobody's safe, and they will make any issue. They will politicize any issue. They will make anything that make their point even stronger. They will go out there and do it because it's about winning votes and winning election and pushing your agendas. That's what it is. Yep. And the Democrats want to go this holier than thou. We're higher than this, even though Democrats do crooked shit all the time, like fucking, uh, like 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 fucking rigging the shit against my man Bernie. Like so, so Democrats talk out of their ass too, and they take corporate money. Just Cory Booker, they take corporate money from Wall Street just oh, as much man. as like Corey so. Booker. Cory Booker's getting paid by pharmaceutical companies and tech companies because those are all his buddies that he graduated Stanford with. Exactly, and I like Cory Booker, but I mean, real, I like, yeah, real I like you too. Like, you gotta be, you gotta, you gotta be real. Stop you gotta be real. Stop pointing, yeah, stop pointing the finger when you are guilty of the same. Or they all do the same shit. They all do the same shit. Yeah, they all do. They're 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 fucking different. They're different hands of the same body. Exactly, but that's a, but the problem is 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 the way both parties try to react. Like Republicans don't give a fuck. We're tra- they long ago made, they long ago decided, hey, we're going to fucking try to win elections. We're gonna do whatever it fucking takes to win elections. And it doesn't matter if we got to get down in the dirty. It doesn't matter if we got to do fucking shitty shadow politics. We got to do fucking dog whistle politics where we bring up race in a not so subtle way. Like they don't give a fuck. They're gonna do whatever it takes to win elections, and Repub- and Democrats have this holier than thou. We're not gonna get our hands dirty. We're not gonna. We they go home. We go high. All that bullshit. Yeah, and that's why you've lost elections. Yep. That's why you, especially in the yep. South, that's why you've lost elections. Like, and I'm not saying that, it, and I'm not saying that that's an ideal thing to do, but you have to recognize the landscape and the war that you're playing. If you're fighting a guerrilla warfare, well, then you know what? You gotta get. You gotta start doing some guerrilla warfare type shit. Like you can't fight guerrilla yeah. warfare and fight like you're still fighting with muskets in 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 the war of eighteen twelve. Like you just can't yeah, do that. Not, like you have to adjust not, to what your enemy not, is you're doing. Gonna take off your gloves, slap somebody with your gloves, say I challenge you to it. Like exactly, <laughs> we're way beyond that. Exactly, beyond and and we've gotten we've 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 gone way farther than than we intended to do with this fucking like conversation. Yeah, but, but I mean, you can't. But you can't. Sports, but you can't talk about this sim- sports conversation today. A little bit of movies, some politics. Nigga, that's what we aim to do on the podcast. That's what we aim to do, my dude. You know what I mean? We, you know, we trying to. But, but what do you? We are well rounded. We are educated minority. So I guess the question I'm gonna ask you, and we can kind of move on after this, is where do you think this? This and forget, we put Jerry Richardson, but where do you think this whole sexual assault situation is coming in sports? Like, do you think it's gonna be? It's just the beginning, um, or do you see this is gonna be a little bit less isolated as opposed to in Hollywood? I think it, I think it's a little less isolated because it is kind of a boys club, um, but there are in the offices and you know do work in the front office and various types of positions and things like that. I think what's going to be the big thing is when people start speaking out against players, cough cough Peyton Manning. Um, you know what I mean? Like I think that's going to affect the. I think let me try and and, and restart this. I think it's going to be more so impactful from. If and when the reports about players come out versus where the owners come out, because 
if the owners do it, it's like, okay, it's the fucking owner. But if it's J.J. Watt, the face of a franchise, that's, that's franchise altering. Because that's directly, the fans support the players. The fans don't give a fuck about the owner. You know what I mean? Now, do I think that the, the owner should be held accountable for their actions? A thousand percent. I just don't think that an owner's impact the fans' eyes and the eyes of the public. I don't think that it's going to be, you know, unless you have like a fan base like, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers or the, the Green Bay Packers who are very fan-driven and they start protesting and things like that. But I don't think we'll ever see that. Um to be perfectly honest with you, um, I think that would be the only way that we would see any change. But even then, owner sells his team, makes a cool couple billion dollars off of it, and he's still fucking a rich scumbag. So, like, the end game, I honestly don't have the answer. But I do think that if it if it comes out on the players, I think that's going to be a lot, a lot uglier. Like the Darren Sharper thing. Yeah. Which I'm surprised wasn't as big as it was. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But... I don't know. It, it is. I think football I, is very much men. Men watch football, and I think it's with the anthem protests and things like that. Those types of men, obviously not us. There are types of women who don't give a fuck about what women feel or think. You know, yeah. to be point blank, they don't give a fuck. They just care. Let's stick to football. Like that's all they care about. You know what I mean? So I, I think honestly, it's like call me a skeptic, but I don't know if it's going to change anything. I think it's the tip of the iceberg. I, I think I think in Hollywood, I think that's just the beginning. I think you're going to start seeing it in the corporate world. I think you're, I mean you're already seeing it in the corporate world. Good. You're you're and I, and and, I, and I'm in favor of this. I, I don't again. I'm preface this again. I, I have to say this because people are going to listen to this. And, oh man, he's fucking a sexist. He's defending it. No, <laughs> like uh, again, if you touch a woman inappropriately and you you use your power in any way to advance yourself sexually whatever whatever your definition of sexual harassment misconduct whatever you're a shitbag you're a dirtbag i can't clarify that i can't make that more clear than i than that i just did so we'll go with that but i think it's the tip of the iceberg i think you're i think because sports is such a male driven field like it just is like it it Every sport, for the most part. I mean, I know you had the WNBA, you have women's soccer, right? but for the most part, when we think of sports as such a male-driven, you know, entity, field, industry, whatever you want to call it, I, I, I think it's impossible to believe that there hasn't been for decades a boys' club mentality and 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 a kind of an inappropriateness. I mean, you've seen it. These things have come to light here and there. I mean, you've seen situations where reporters have been mistreated in locker rooms. Obviously, the Peyton Manning situation. Um, I mean, you've seen it. You've seen it. I mean, players, different players charged with rape, from Kobe Bryant to Mike Tyson. So, I mean, the list goes on and on. I I think it's the tip of the iceberg, man. I really, really believe that. I, I think if I, I think if anything, this what's going on in Hollywood. I think it's emboldened women, and as it should. And I think you're gonna see this affect men in many fields, not just not just celebrities, but in in everyday life, in corp in corporations, in different companies. I I so I think if you ask me right now. The Jerry Richardson shit is just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, you already saw the other day. I mean, back-to-back days from each other. On Thursday, there was a Boston Globe article published on ESPN having a, a culture of sexual misconduct. And, you know, Harold Reynolds was let go for some inappropriate shit. Obviously, you know, Steve Phillips was in a, in a, for having an affair with a colleague. I mean, all this shit has gone on at ESPN. that has been well reported. So if you look at this, you know, there is there is smoke to this fire. 
Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, ESPN on Thursday. Now you got Jerry Richardson on, on Friday. So, I mean, the shit is real, man. The shit is real. And yeah. and I, 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 I just see that this is just the tip of the iceberg, for real. Yeah, I just hope that there's like... I just don't have the answers to what the punishment should be, but I definitely do think that it's... I think the punishment is public shame, dude. Like, I think the public... Like, like, realistically, how much punishment did Kevin Spacey make? Kevin Spacey's worth billions, or millions. He's made a ton, a shitload of movies. He's won awards. So, like, his life is set for the rest of his life, but his career's ruined, or his career is gonna, is gonna take a huge hit. I mean, he already lost his fucking award-winning show. So, like, public shame is the ultimate punishment for these guys. Like... Public shame, like yes, we talk like we talk about the billions and millions of dollars that they make, and that you'll never be able to take that from them. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, the public shame is the ultimate punishment. Harvey Weinstein, his reputation is fucking. I just, I just think it's different for the owner of football team. I think I think for an owner, I mean, I I think you're right. Like with an owner, it's I mean, what can you really do because he owns his company? But I mean, I think I think you're you're not giving enough credit to to public perception and fan like if fans really rally just, people just can have these guys like, put out man I'm, i really believe that like right, you but can, i mean okay they sell the team they just fade away to obscurity but i mean i guess i guess the punishment is okay you get two billion for your team or whatever and then okay that team probably makes that over the course of x amount of years so you just missed out on a bunch of profit so okay there's the punishment i get i guess yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't have, I don't have all the answers, and I don't, and I agree with no, you. There is no, there is no like, ha, you do this shit, you go to jail. Like realistically, there, right. there isn't. I don't, don't want to sound like I don't think that these people should be punished because I don't know what the answer is. I'm just saying I hope that they can drag through the, drag through the mud as much as possible. And that's, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like that is the ultimate punishment. Your name, your name, your reputation, your reputation gets ruined forever. Like. I mean, will you ever be able to look at Harvey Weinstein again the the way you would have otherwise had you not known about this? Like, you would never. You you hear that name, you're automatically going to think a scumbag, a creep, or whatever. Then Kevin Spacey for us. For I mean, I know he was already he was already a bad he already had a bad reputation within the industry. But people that don't know the movie industry would have never known that Harvey Weinstein was a shitbag. Like, they would have never known that. I mean, first of all, I would I doubt that many people who don't know the movie industry know the movie business would even know who Harvey Weinstein was. They probably have heard the name before, but they don't know like they know. You know what I mean? So now that you know, now that you hear that name and you hear what it's associated with, you're going to be like, oh, shit, this guy's a piece of shit. He's a shitbag. So that is the ultimate shame. That is the ultimate shame. You know what I mean? Like Kevin Spacey, you know, for as great of a career he's had, like the public shame of his name is is going to always I carry just, that. I just think that there are more actors and things like that i just think that they're more public figures than an nfl owner i agree yeah you're right you know what i mean i just think that that's where the disconnect comes but not to say that they don't they you know they 100 percent deserve to be punished and whatever the punishment is i hope that it's fitting for the shit that they've done and get them the fuck out of there you don't deserve to own an nfl franchise if you're out here fucking being a wild creep and exposing yourself and things of the like. Like, you don't deserve any of those privileges. And I hope somebody sues you for all of your fucking money. Maybe that's, maybe that's the answer. They fucking sue the pants off of you. And that's another thing that you, and that's the other thing. You know what I mean? And that's the other thing about this that, and we'll, we'll move on. Um, but that's the other thing about this too. Like, if let's say Jerry Rich, and we're a long way from figuring out whether this is all real, or this, trust me. So I don't, I don't want to make any predictions either way. But let's just say, for the sake of argument, that this Jerry Richardson shit turns out to be true. 
You know what I mean? We What does the NFL care about more than anything out beyond games, players, whatever? They care about two things, money and the shield. They care and they and they're and they're symbiotic. They go hand in hand together. Shield and the money. They care about they care about as much the perception of the shield and that as much money as that shield can make and generate. That's all they care about. Yeah. If this shit does come down to be true, the perception of the shield gets hurt, and that's another fucking dagger in the NFL. In, in, in a league that's been suffering in 2017, ratings are down. Perception of the league is is at, at, at as oh, the yeah. worst it's been in in two decades or three decades, really. And you know, it, it's just another thing in a long list of kneels, concussions, player behavior, player safety, like it's just another added thing and I don't think owners are going to put up with it. I think and that's and the culture that we're living in now, it's a zero tolerance as it should be. I think if if this shit yeah. does turn out to be true, I, I don't think there's a way where the NFL can say, "Well, you know, what can we really do?" He owns it. I don't think it's going to be acceptable. I really don't. I, I think people are going to say, "You know what? You got to go. You got to go." Yeah. Yeah. As it, and as, as it should be. As it should be. As it should be. No doubt about it. I agree. I agree. And and like I said, hopefully the uh, hopefully the punishments and things like that, hopefully they're up to par and we do get their quote unquote due process. Um, but it wouldn't fucking surprise me at all if these dudes are, are really doing that, you know, scumbag shit, things like that, you know. So um, fuck them. And I hope for the I hope them women get paid for the shit that they've had to endure working with these fucking creepy ass motherfuckers. I completely agree. I completely agree. And my only my only disagreement with with that in this whole situation has been I just feel like there should be a fair and honest vetting process. That's all. That's, that's all. Yeah. I, I feel like that's a fair thing to say. Like if forty five people came out and said that you know I don't know. McDonald's has been poisoning people. I know, I jokes aside, <laughs> jokes aside, because I know there's many jokes that could come out from that analogy. Yeah, of course they've been poisoning people with that fucking food. But um, if, if if the reports came out that 50 people all said that McDonald's purposely poisoned people, you know what I mean? Like I would even say, yeah, there has to be a fair and vetting part because who who's to say that anybody could come out and say that? Like somebody could come out tomorrow and say, you know, Justin touched me inappropriately in high school, and it's her word against yours. And you could sit there and say, well, yeah. you know, I didn't do it. As nobody already, your public perception is that you did it because women right. get the benefit of the doubt in these cases, as they should. And I'm and I'm not mad about that. I just feel like there should be a vetting process. That's all. That, that, that's all. Yeah. I think that's the fair thing. You know, I'm, I'm all about fairness in life. And again, if I was Al Franken, I would have, I wouldn't have resigned. I would have resigned because of what he did. Called for a resignation. I wouldn't have resigned the time he did because I would have been like, I'm not resigned. I would have been gangster with it. I would be like, I'm not fucking resigning until this piece of shit resigns. That's what I would have did. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm like, okay, you guys want to be outraged about me doing it? Let's be outraged about the president. Because when he goes, I'll go. Yeah. When he goes, I'll go. Well, matter of fact, I'd have been like, I, I'd have been, I'd have been like, the day he decides, matter of fact, I'll give him the floor to himself. We'll, we'll, we'll even, we'll even coordinate this shit. He could do his res- resignation announcement at eleven. I'll do my shit at one. Yeah. The same day. Same day. Until then, I ain't resigning shit. Yep. Because it's not fair. No, not at all. Why should the person hold? Because they're literally, they've, li- they're literally, they, they've, they've literally committed the same crime. And I can make the case that there's more proof that Donald Trump did what he did as opposed to Al Franken. There has. Because Donald Fr- Donald Trump on tape, on tape, that's the crazy shit, on tape said, I have touched women inappropriately because I am famous. Yeah. And there, there was the picture of Al Franken. Yeah, but I mean a picture yeah, as opposed to audio, like uh, the man no, said I'm it. I'm saying like, no, that's, 
it's still not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, I'm not. And again, I don't want this to come off like, oh, you're the liberal defending Al Franken. There's been women who said the same exact thing that Donald Trump has done to them. Same exact thing. Yeah. Like they've all had stories. I'm like, okay, so all of these women have the same story. They're all lying. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. So. But we'll see. This this hopefully will affect sports. And oh, I think it's already. I think it's already affecting sports. I really do. I think it's again. I mean, the ESPN shit. I mean, it was to the point where ESPN had to go out there and throw my man John Butchagross on the fucking bus and release his text messages. You ain't see that shit? <laughs> yeah, I saw it. Like because that's crazy. They threw my man Butchagross <laughs> under the bus, though. Hey, it's, Bro, a, it's a doggy dog together. world, man. That's that's the way I live. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you, dog. I feel you. What did you think about Stanton, man, to the Yankees to wrap up? Bruh, that, I mean, like, that's, like, baseball is like a circus. And baseball is always going to be the haves and the have-nots. And then sprinkled in the haves and have-nots, you have the guys that play money ball. You have, like, you know, the Marlins of every six years they make a run or you know what I mean? But it's always going to be these high-profile teams that are able to attract the players. And the amount of money and things like that. But props to Stan for calling the Marlins bluff. Because they said – so he had the no-trade clause. And they said that, all right, you can either go to St. Louis or you can – I think was it St. Louis? Yeah, St. Louis or, the Giants. or San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was like, fuck you. And, and they traded him anyway. So I'm all for the players having the power over their careers. And the Yankees lineup is going to be scary. I think they could probably stand to get a little bit better with their pitching uh, down the stretch. But they may not have to because they have a very formidable fucking lineup now. Uh, and that's legit scary. You know, if you have him batting third or fourth, you have Judge batting cleanup or fifth or something like that. Like, it's going to be very difficult for a pitcher to get through that lineup. I, I was disgusted by it. I, obviously, you I guys, know you, you got, you guys know, know I'm a Yankee fan. I, I'm a Yankee hater. I'm a Met fan, and I'll, I'll, I'll flame my team in fouls of the week. Trust. Uh, wait for that. Um, but here's, here's the thing with this whole thing. I mean, we could put the rest, and I, and I, I did a podcast about this. You know, you know, all through the postseason, you know, the lovable Yankees. This narrative that the media was pushing: the lovable Yankees. This is a Yankee team you can like. I like this Yankee team. They're scrappy. They're little cute little puppies. Look at them. Oh, they're so young. Look at Judge. Oh, they're so cute, little, cute little cuddly Yankees. That's over. That's that 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 narrative is over. That's done. The the cute, lovable loser Yankees. The little the little engine that could Yankees. Oh, they're so cute. Look at them. They're not even supposed to be here. Oh, that's done. That, that that narrative is over. They're back to being. I, I always thought they were because I never bought into that fucking that that no. media yeah, bullshit. Because either you like they're the Yankees. That this is a Yankee team that you can like. Bullshit. Tell that to a Red Sox fan. Tell that to that Yankee fan. Fuck that. I don't buy that shit. Either you hate the Yankees or you love the Yankees. That's it. That's the. It's just like the Lakers. Just like the Cowboys. Just like any team in sport. Any big team in sports. You either love them or you hate them. That, that, there's no in between. I, I'm not gonna sit here 20 years from now in the post. Brady era and say, oh, this is a Patriot team you're going to like. No. I hate them now. I'll hate them then. Like, <laughs> it is what it is. Like, this idea that, that the Yankees were lovable losers that came out of nowhere and blah, 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 blah. They still have a $200 million payroll, by the way. They, they, they This idea that they came here with a young guys that were highly tied, touted, by the way. You know, it wasn't like Aaron Judge was this guy they found in the 15th round. Aaron Judge was a first round pick. Greg Bird, I believe, was a second round, a second round pick. 
You know what I mean? Didi Gregorius was a top prospect. So it's not like they're doing it with a bunch of ragamuffins. This isn't the Oakland A's in 2002. So stop. Stop with that narrative that this is a Yankee team that you can love. Okay? That being said, that's done. That's over. That, that They are back to being, and they always were in my eyes, the evil empire, the team that would do it. And I respect them because they do nothing. They do. They stop at nothing to win. That's the one thing, begrudgingly, that I will give the Yankees over my fucking franchise. They will do anything possible. The Yankees will, they will kill their own mothers to win. Because that's how they are. Because the Yankees, it's about winning championships. That, that's all that it matters. And that's what every franchise and every single sport should be. If I have to say one nice thing about the Yankees, I'll say that. That's the one thing that I begrudgingly respect. What I, the, the thing I don't respect about the Yankees is that they, they, they do shady shit, man. And this is, and this was shady because the, I, even, even though I don't believe that Derek Jeter was intending on trading him to the fucking Yankees, the fact that Derek Jeter, a Yankee great, a Yankee icon who is now owning the Marlins, traded the Marlins best player maybe ever to the Yankees <laughs> the optics of that look fucking terrible look they look bad. awful it's a bad look because the fact is, the Yankees bailed out Derek Jeter. Because first of all, Derek Jeter fucked up. Because you should have, you first of all, you should have had a conversation with Stanton. You should have broken down to him, yes. hey, we can't keep you. We can't have, Loria made a bad fucking deal. As Jeffrey Loria does, tends to do when he's fucking owner of a baseball oh, he team. Does. He made a bad deal. He gave you an extension. We can't afford, we're $40 million in debt. We can't afford to keep you. What is, who do you want to go to? Give us four or five teams you want to go to, and we'll trade. We'll, we'll we'll try our best to trade you there. That's what should have been the initial conversation. The Marlins shouldn't have gone out there, talked to the Cardinals, talked to the Giants, go out there, talk to all these teams. When realistically, they'd got no sense or no notion that Stanton would even ever go there. That's where they fucked up. So of course they found themselves in a rock and a hard place. And I know the reports came out that they threatened Stanton that if you don't approve a trade, we're going to keep you in the Marlins. The fact is they were never going to keep him. They couldn't afford to keep him. No, there was no situation no where which Stanton was ever going to play for the Marlins again. Awful mismanagement. So then what happens is you're forced to get bailed out. And then of course the Yankees come in. Oh, what do you want us to do? I mean, we're just doing our due diligence. Blah, blah, blah. And he did fall to their laps. But the fact is, it's yeah. just shitty. It's crappy. It's fucking it terrible. Perfect, it was a perfect storm of bullshit. Yeah, perfect storm of bullshit. And, and give the Yankees credit. They pulled the deal off. And they gave up. No and the worst thing is, they gave up nothing. They gave up nothing to get him. It was literally like, like I, I tweeted this the other day. I was like, they vetoed the Chris Paul trade, right? In the NBA. This to me is a more vetoable trade. This is a trade that you should veto over the Chris Paul trade. At least, at least the Mavs got Lamar Odom at, at a time when Lamar Odom still had some value. New Orleans got Paul Gasol. I mean, they got something back from him. What did the Marlins get? Starling Castro? A guy who they're going to flip anyway? Some some mid level prospects that'll never play in the majors. If 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 at best they'll get a cup of coffee in the majors. Like other than that, they'll never play in the majors. They'll never be an impact prospect. So they got nothing. The Yankees literally got Giancarlo Stanton for nothing. For nothing. They gave up nothing. That's the part that really like had they had given up even one of their top prospects, had they given up Clint Frazier, Gleyber Torres, you could kind of sell and I know why they didn't, because they were able to take on two hundred and sixty of the two hundred and ninety something left on the contract. I I, yeah, I, I get the I get the I get why they didn't have to give up much, but I mean it just still looks bad. It still looks fucking horrible. And and again, let me say this to Yankee fans, to media person. I know they don't listen to this shit. I get it. But the, the, the narrative that the Yankees were this lovable team that everybody could get behind and root for, the cute little Yankee engine, that, that's over. That's done. That's done. Not to mention how they fucking screwed Girardi. That was rough. That, that was... 
and bring in Aaron Boone. And, and and how do you like to be Aaron Boone now? I talked about it on last week's show. Aaron Boone now. Aaron Boone has even more pressure now. This is a guy that's never managed in his life, never coached in his life. And now he's managing a team that's got Giancarlo Stanton, Aaron Judge, Greg Bird, you know, Brett Gardner, Didi Gregorius. I mean, uh, where do I stop? The Yankees are a boys club. If you're a Yankee, they're going to take care of you. Yeah. I mean, uh, not much you can really say. That's what it is. Not much you can really say. Not really. I mean, I, I, dog, I couldn't. I could not believe. And I. And as soon as the reports came out that the Yankees were trying to get Stanton, I knew they were going to get him. I knew it. I just. I knew that they were going to get him. I knew it. I knew it. As soon as the Yankees were mentioned, I was like, "Yep, they're going to get him." And lo and behold, it's hard to tell the Yankees. To be fair, it's, it's it's hard to tell the Yankees no. And then, and here's what I understand, right? These teams keep helping the fucking Yankees. Then you got San Diego makes a stupid ass trade, taking on Chase Headley. Like, why would you take on Chase Headley's contract? Like, you, why? You're not a team that's close to being good anyway. Like, why would you help the Yankees by taking a salary dump? I, I, I don't. San Diego of all teams taking a salary dump. I, I just, I, yeah, I, I don't understand that one. But AJ Preller may be a Yankee fan in his past life. I, I don't know, but you know. He did grow up in New York, so he probably wasn't. Like how the Yankees like are still able to remain like the Yankees. Like it's just they they get a lot of help. Like it's it's crazy. Like that. It's just like why don't you? Why are the Marlins say like okay? Well, you know what you do. You just. I mean, I like having the players have the power and things like that. I get it. But if he says I don't want to go to St. Louis or the Giants, but. He had the no trade clause, so it's like they really like overplayed their hand. You know what I mean? Like, say, like you said, hey, give us a list of teams. Where would you like to go? Blah 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 blah. Because maybe he does say the Yankees, and they say, hey, sorry, we can't get a deal done for you to the Yankees, but we have one to go to San Francisco. How do you feel about that? Go play in whatever the hell they call that park now. Is AT and T Park now? Home yeah, AT and T Park. Yeah. You know what I mean? How how do you feel about it now? Okay, that's cool. But you can't give a player with a no trade clause. You can't give him a fucking ultimatum. You can't. You can't. You cannot. Because he holds the cards. Leverage is everything in contract negotiations. Leverage is everything. Shit in return. Leverage is everything. Mm -hmm. He had the leverage. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and then you don't get anything? You don't get nothing. Not a not a tank in return? It's crazy to me. Uh, yeah, and then Derek Jeter, and then and then and then the winter meetings, and then the winter meetings. This has been the theme. This has been the theme of our whole show today. Is terrible front fucking front offices. Yeah, no shit. And and Derek Jeter is is anybody's stock taking a hit more in the last few weeks than Derek Jeter? I mean, this was a guy that was a god as a player, and now as a as an owner, he's Michael Jordan basically. Um, and that quickly. <laughs> and Derek, let, let me let me write this to Derek. Okay, Derek. When your team makes probably the biggest trade in its franchise's history, and you're the owner now, you're not the GM, you're the owner. I know owner in name because I know Bruce Sherman and that conglomerate that owns the Marlins now. They put most of the money, but you're you're still an owner. You're still recognized as an owner. You're the guy. You're, t- you're the guy, and you're the face of that ownership group. Show up at the winter meetings, okay? Don't do a conference call. Show up at the winter meetings, okay? Show up. Don't be at a Dolphins game. A Dolphins game. A, do- a Dolphins game. And not be in Orlando. Be in Orlando. Answer the questions. Be at- Hold a press conference. You know, the, the-, the Derek Jeter mystique now is going to be very, very interesting. Because to me, Derek Jeter was a guy that was overcovered and overprotected as a player. You know, his image was everything. And, and the meet- and the New York media, you know, ate that shit up. Now... You know, as a as an owner, as a GM, it's going to be very interesting to see. Yeah, you don't get that protection when you do a stupid ass fucking move. They're going to call you out on it, 
And I'm going to be very interested to see now how Derek Jeter, I mean, he's already getting ripped. I mean, the South Florida papers are already ripping him, calling him a joke and a, an idiot and blah, 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 blah. Because they have no affinity for Derek Jeter. They have no, they have no equity base in him. You know, in New York, it'd be different. They, 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 they just jerk him off like they did for 20 years as a player. You know, yeah. so now in Miami, he has no equity built with this fan base, with this community. So it's going to be very interesting. It's going to be very, very interesting. But I, I mean, the Marlins continue to be a fucking just, just a joke. The Marlins, the Marlins are always forever going to be a selling club. Because baseball in Miami doesn't work. It just doesn't. And that's the bottom line. That's just that nothing nice, else. They got that nice ass stadium that nobody goes to. Yeah. Because A, Miami fans, fans in Miami are terrible sports fans to begin with. I mean, game six of the NBA finals in 2013. Anybody? Ring a bell? Um, <laughs> terrible fan base. Historically, they've just, they, it's just, everybody knows, everybody who follows sports know Atlanta and Miami are the two worst sports fans. It's two worst sports towns in America. So it is what it is. Um, and then you throw into the fact that the Marlins fan base, the, the very little fan base that there is, is to the fucking north and the stadium is south. So this <laughs> is like they can't win either way. So yeah, I, the Marlins are a fucking joke. I mean, and Derek Jeter show up at the show up at the winter meetings. Show up. I mean, come on, really? You have to. That's like it's very like you're an important figure. That Had they not made this move, I would have still said show up to the winter meeting. But now, I mean, but you basically made the biggest trade in the franchise's history. You have to show up and answer questions. Don't do a conference call. Don't be at a Dolphins game then, then later that night. Like it's just it's the, the optics of it is terrible. You already you already made yourself look horrible by trading your best player to the Yankees. Like if the Yankees needed any more help, he's got to learn, and I'm sure he will. That the shit that you got away with as a player just kind of skating along, that won't... You're held for so much more accountable as an owner that you can't continue to just fucking skate through. Agreed. Agreed. It's just like... Yeah. And now uh, I gotta, this, and now I gotta watch is, these... Honestly, now I gotta watch these arrogant fucking Yankee fans talk shit. And now I gotta watch these arrogant Yankee fans talk shit. Oh, we got fat! I got fat! They're, they're gonna be, be so, so fucking... Obnoxious. Oh, God. Yes. Is there any more of an obnoxious fan base? I mean, they make the Cowboys fans look like fucking good people. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dog. Cow- Yankee fans yeah. are the most annoying fucking... We got 27 championships, over all the- even though most of them were only alive for like 15 of them. Half of them came when fucking the Negro Leagues were still around. Exactly. So, please, stop. But, yeah, that's 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 Yankee fandoms for you. That's Yankee fans for Ooh, you. We got a shootout. We got a shootout in Pittsburgh going. Yeah, I see. Anyway, man, let's get let's get the fouls of the week. Brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters, I don't know what this world is coming to. Fouls of the week, man. Uh, you want to start? What's your foul of the week, man? My foul of the week. You know what? I had a good one last night, and I didn't write it down, and I fucking forgot. See, see um, what happens with old niggas, man. This is this exactly, exactly. It's a good one. Uh, it was a good one. Um, my my foul of the week. Matter of fact, I do remember. It's fucking fans. Whether it's the Star Wars fans, sports fans. Over the past couple weeks, I've seen some of the hottest takes from some fans, and it's been so exhausting. Though, but mostly because of Star Wars fans. We talked about it at the top of the show. Go fucking enjoy the goddamn week. That's what it's there for. <laughs> Not everything has to be a fucking thesis statement. Not everything has to be broken down into a research paper. Go enjoy the fucking movie, dog. If you hate it so much, go become a producer. Go write a script. Go pitch an idea to somebody. Mm -hmm. Make your own science fiction franchise. Do something. 
get the fuck off the internet or enjoy it. That's that's my that's my foul of the week. Not not very sports related, but it. it Hey, that's, it's all it's all good. It's all good, man. Uh, my, my my foul of the week, and it's you know I I could have went in different directions. I, I wanted I was originally going to go with um, ESPN and throwing John Butchergross under the fucking bus like that. That just was that just was just like come on, dog. Like really, hey, we go throw that man's text messages out there for everybody to see. But. And I could have went with Derek Jeter as well. I mean, but we already talked about him enough. We flamed him enough. But the 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 the, the topic of my foul of the week for this week is my favorite team in the entire world. Anybody who knows me knows the team that I love the most, the team that I live and die even more than my Jets. And Lord knows I've died more than I lived with the Jets. Um, <clears throat> the team that I live and die for, the team, the only sports team that has ever made me cry, like literally tears come down my face, is the Mets. I live and die with that team. It's the first team that I ever loved, the first sports team that I ever got into, that, that I followed, that I've spent my own hard-earned money to follow on a week-to-week, day-to-day basis, right? I am a frustrated Met fan because I'm just tired. I'm sick and tired of being tired. I'm tired of this fucking franchise, specifically of my owner, my owners, Fred and Jeff Wopon. Father and son. Now, as you guys may know, the, Fred Wilpon was a uh, was one of the victims of the Wilp, of the Ponzi scheme, the Bernie Madoff scheme, and we don't need to fucking replay that. So, so basically, they lost a shitload of money, and ever since then, <clears throat> they've they've treated the fucking franchise, a New York franchise. This is not this is not the the Pittsburgh Mets. This is not the fucking Tampa Bay Mets. This is the New York Mets with a. One of the most loyal fan bases in the world when it comes to a sports team. I mean, this is a great fan base. Anybody who knows baseball knows the Met fans are passionate, loyal, crazy as can be, right? And this is an ownership group that has basically treated this franchise for basically the last six years as the Minnesota Twins. They don't spend money on the team. They don't spend money on the team. They never talk to the media. They never, they're never transparent with the fans about their fucking, the fucking troubles that the fan, the, the, the owners have when it comes to money. And I'm just fucking tired of it. And I'm tired of it. And it, and it, and it really came to, to a pass today, or it really came to a fucking forefront this week when I see the Yankees getting Giancarlo Stanton. And again, I'm not delusional. I know the Mets didn't have the prospects or the capabilities to take on that salary. From a realistic standpoint, I knew that. But then I started thinking further. Why not? Why not? Why not? Why don't the Mets have the capabilities of taking on Giancarlo Stanton? And the answer was clear to me. It wasn't even about prospects. It wasn't even about any of that. It was about the fact that we have fucking inept owners. And we have owners that fucking put their money and their fucking financial wherewithal at stake to make an extra buck and lost and made a bad business deal. And guess who has to pay for it? The Met fan. I have to pay for it. Me, the Met fan. I have to pay for the fact that Fred Wilpon made a bad fucking business decision and fucking decided that, hey, hey, Bernie Madoff is a good trustworthy guy to fucking invest in. That's that. So I have to fucking pay for it. No, I'm tired. And so is every fucking Met fan out there is tired of our team being ran like a small market team. This is a team that has a fucking tight window, very tight window. But nonetheless, we have a a chance to win a championship with this with this amazing collection of arms. Yes, the pitching has regressed. They've been injured, but they still have them there and they still have the ability. They still have it. 
And instead of going out there and improving this team, and I'm a realistic fan. I'm not sitting here saying, go get Giancarlo Stanton. Go get this guy. Go get 14 All-Stars. I'm not that guy. But when you have the ability, when you have a chance to get an All-Star and really not have to give up much instead of money, go get him. Go get him. Do whatever it takes. Do whatever it fucking takes. But nope, not the Mets. No, 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 no. And then the part that really upsets me, you know what? I can give you a pass on Giancarlo Stanton. I can, I can, as much as I hate it, I can give you a pass on Giancarlo Stanton, right? But then you come to the winter meetings, you make no moves of any real significance. And, and, and what's the main theme that you're hearing out of the meetings? What's the main themes you're being, you're hearing out of the Mets? That the Mets are going to reduce payroll. That the Mets are not going to be able to make, that we only have 30 million in a budget to spend. This is a team that's collected insurance money from David Wright's contract for the last two and a half years. Two and a half years they've collected insurance money. I don't know how much that insurance money is, but David Wright basically hasn't played in two years. So they've collected a pretty decent penny, I would say. This team has drawn, especially in 2015 and 2016, they drew. So they have revenue. And you mean to tell me you can't go out there and sign decent free agents? That $30 million is the only thing to spend? $30 million now. $30 million. Do the Wilpons come out and talk to the fan base? No. Do they, are they transparent with the fans? No. And, and what pisses me off is that the media has been protective of the Wilpons for far too fucking long. Far too long. Why aren't they getting flamed as they should? Oh, see, the fans are all over them. But you have some people in the media, oh, you gonna, you know, they had, they went through the Ponzi scheme. No, I don't give a fuck. I don't care. You made a bad business deal. I'm sorry. I, I really, I'm, I'm sorry. And a lot of people got hurt by, by fucking Bernie Madoff. But you know what? Sell the team. Sell the team. There's no, baseball, owning a baseball team isn't a right. It's a privilege. You made an investment. You can't afford to keep up that investment. Sell the team. Because the fans shouldn't suffer because you can't afford to act like a New York sports owner. I shouldn't have to suffer. I shouldn't have to suffer. You know what? My team has holes to fill. You know what? You should be able to fill the holes. And I'm not telling you that you have four holes to fill. Go out and get four all-stars. I'm not telling you that. But you should be able to sit there and say, you know what? We have adequate abilities to fill our needs. Instead, the Mets are fucking shopping and fucking the Dollar Tree of free agents. And, oh, well, you know what? We're going to make bargain investments and blah, 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 blah. I wish you would have made a bargain investment when it came to dealing with Bernie Madoff. (laughs) I'm just, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. And every year, it's the same shit over and over and over and over again. And I'm telling this to Fred Wilpon, to Jeff. Hey, Jeff, take a minute and stop fucking, uh, uh, you know, touching women. Because he's a guy that had his little issues with 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 former employees. You know, how about you stop being a fucking uh, jackass and start investing in your team? Hey, Fred, stop trying to pretend that you're still a Dodgers fan and realize that you own the New York Mets, the New York Mets, not the Brooklyn Dodgers, the New York Mets, and fucking spend money on your team. I'm sick of it. Yeah, I'm know, sick of it. You got to open up the checkbook to get the guys to come. I'm, I'm done, man. I, I don't even want to continue to go. Fouls of the week. The New York Mets owners. Jeff Wilpon, his fucking Eddie Munster looking ass, and his pops, Fred. <laughs> Fuck them. That's my foul of the week. Fucking tired of this shit. I feel like I'm a Minnesota Twins fan. I really do. I feel like I'm a Minnesota Twins fan. That's that's a good foul, dog. That's like that's like Dennis Rodman foul. God, dog. I'm just ugh. Oh, that's like me insane. Kurt Lamb, Kurt like prime Kurt Lambeer. Now I'm pissed off. Now I'm just angry. But anyway, let's get the hell up out of here, man. I'm in, I'm just pissed off, man. I got football to watch. Maybe it'll cheer me up. Bill Lambeer. Bill Lambeer. I said Kurt Lambeer. I meant I, I combined Kurt Rambis and Bill Lambeer. You racist motherfucker. Like, white folks. That, all white people look alike. But, you know, they're kind of the same player. Yeah, basically. Basically. Yeah, yeah so. 
But yeah, man, we're going to get up out of here. The shoe fits. <laughs> yeah, all white people look alike, according to according to my friend Justin here. They all look alike. Whoa, 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 whoa. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's get, <laughs> let's get the hell up out of here, man. We're done for this week. Uh, yeah, as always, man, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. I know I bore you guys with this spiel every week, but you guys have to realize if you guys don't listen, we wouldn't have shit to do because it's, it's hard to do a podcast with nobody listens. So thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for supporting the show. Um, I didn't bring this up earlier, but this is an anniversary show. One year ago, exactly as of last Tuesday, we have been one year here at the Technical File Podcast. One year. Amazing. December 12th of 2016 is when we started the podcast, very first episode. And it's been a year, and it's been a long year. It's been a lot of ups and some downs, you know, nothing like major, just, you know, the the, the, the pitfalls of, of starting a, a new venture, a new model, a new business. Because um, this is a business. I mean, we got to buy equipment. We got to buy apps. We got to buy, you know, different things to keep this podcast going. And keep it growing and and doing the things that we do so you know it's important and uh it's been one year and it's been a lot of ups and some downs but we're still here we're still on the air people are still listening we're still growing slowly but surely but we're growing and i just want to say to everybody that has contributed to the show that has been a co-host on the show has been a guest on the show thank you um thank you so much from the bottom of my heart this has been a dream of mine since i was 12 years old and this dream has come to reality and I just want to say thank you to everybody that has that has played a part in this. And to you guys, the listeners, the however many of you are out there that listen to the show, that contribute to the show, that listen and are fans of the show, um, whether you provide feedback, whether you just listen, I, I just want to say thank you to you too, man. Um, you guys have been an important part of this show for the last year, and I couldn't have done this, and none of my co-hosts could have done this without you guys. So um, some of the goals for next year... Is to keep getting better, to keep improving on the show, um, to keep getting bigger and better, because that's the goal. To keep getting bigger and better is the goal of this podcast and this show weekly, is to continue to grow this podcast, to be the biggest podcast in the world. That's the goal. If you're not in it to be the biggest thing in any field that you do, then you shouldn't be in it. If you're if you're flipping burgers, you should be the best fucking burger flipper there is. If you're fucking a lawyer, you should be you should try to be you should strive to be a fucking judge someday. You should try you should strive to be the fucking greatest lawyer that there's ever been. So I I I, I try to live my life that way, anything I do. So I'm podcasting now and the goal for me is to make the greatest podcast that there ever is. So um that's the goal for next year, man, as we enter year 2 to get bigger, to get better. Um, to have more guests, that's the goal. Um, and we're working on it. We're trying to line up some different guests so we can have weekly guests to talk about different topics. Um, and, you know, just to continue to grow as a podcast, to continue to grow as hosts, um, to keep bringing y'all content that is unlike other podcasts out there. And I really believe that we provide a voice that is unlike any other show out there. Um, you know, because we're sports fans and yes, we curse and we're loud and we're, obnoxious but we I, I like to think that more than anything else we provide knowledge and and insight and you know just opinions hard-hitting opinions and not everybody's gonna agree but hard-hitting knowledgeable opinions and that's what we try to bring to the table so um i know it's been long-winded but you know i just want to say thank you man a year is big you know a lot of podcasts don't even last two weeks real talk a lot of podcasts don't even last two weeks the majority of them don't even last six months so the fact that we're still here a year in, um, I think we all should give ourselves a, hand, a round of applause from listeners to myself 
to all my co-hosts, man. We should all give ourselves a round of applause, man, because it's 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 what we're trying to do here is big. So again, yeah, just thank you to everybody, we're, man. We're out here, and the job's not done yet. So you know, what I mean, everybody, you know, you guys can count on us just as much as we count on you to to listen and and. You know what I mean? Keep delivering you guys the content. You know, drop us some reviews, drop us some some comments, and, and all of that. But let's keep pushing. Let's make it more years, and, and let's make it bigger and, and better than what we started. And that's that's the goal, like Manny said. So you know what I mean? We're, we're gonna go into year two with a fucking uh, full fucking head of steam, and and we want y'all to, to to come along with us. So let's get it. Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> we don't talk to y'all before. I keep forgetting. Now nah, we'll we'll definitely do a show. Uh, well, yeah, because it's it's we'll we'll definitely do. We'll probably not do a show next weekend because obviously Christmas is coming up. But we'll definitely do. We'll be back with y'all after Christmas. Um, yeah. Um, we'll, safe, we'll we'll figure that out. Day, we'll figure it out. If anything, I'll probably do a solo show right before Christmas. Depends on how the news is this week. Um, coming up, but yeah, man, I just want to say thank you to everybody involved. And a special shout out to one of my original co-hosts, Lucas, man. Um. He's been on the show day one. I know I know his appearances on the show have been kind of on and off again. It just Life gets in the way, man. So um, he just had a baby. Shout out to him. Congratulations on him and his lovely wife for a new addition to their family. Um, I forgot to, to say that at the beginning of the show. So shout out to Luke, man. And thank you to Luke, man. He's he, He's been one of the people that have supported this this passion and this dream even before there was ever a podcast. So shout out to him, man. Real, real talk. Shout out to him. And, you know, shout out to my co-host now today. Uh, Jet man, anytime I call this man and I and I, I wanted to be a part of the show, he's always he's always giving with his time and, and it's it's not easy, you know, it's not easy doing this show, you know, carving out two hours of your day to, to talk talk sports. So I just want to thank him yeah. and thank all my guests, man. Thank every person I've ever interviewed on this show. It's only been a few, um, but any person I've ever interviewed on this show or been a part of the show in one way, shape, or form, I just want to say thank you, man. And as far as supporting and you know subscribing, you guys know the deal. Every week is the same thing. Follow us on Inst- on Instagram, on Twitter, on Snapchat, everywhere, everywhere we're there. Um, you can listen to the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, every other podcast. So I mean, you guys know the deal. So um, we're gonna get up out of here, man. As, as my co-host said, Jut. Uh, as my, my co-host Jut said, uh, Merry Christmas. If we don't talk to y'all before then. Um, but we'll definitely be I back. I shouldn't say just Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, Happy holidays. man. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Whatever, whatever holiday you celebrate. Yep. It is that you and your family celebrate. I want you to have the best fucking holiday that you can have. Real talk. Real talk. So. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't celebrate them holidays, then that's cool too. Just have happy. Just have a blessed time. Whatever. You know, have a yeah, blessed time. Have, so. a, have a blessed time. Word. You know, we aim to please everybody around here, man. Be- the holiday spirit confined to one set of beliefs or one or another. Everyone should should feel it. So, so whatever you celebrate, positive with the time with the time. If you have some time up, go volunteer, go make a donation, do something, spend time with your fam- friends, friends, family, loved ones, and um, don't drink and drive, please. Real talk. Real <laughs> that's, talk. That's it. That's it. Real talk, man. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to everybody. Um, like I said, we'll, we'll try to do a show next week if, if time permits. If not, I'll probably come back just on my own if the news warrants it as well. Uh, we also have our best of 2017 show coming up right around the corner. We'll do that definitely before the new year. So, um, so yeah, just a couple of things to look forward to in the next week or so. And then, of course, uh, on to 2018, you know, you know, guns are blazing, man. So, uh, from me and all of my co-hosts and all the guests that I've been on this show thank you for listening, thank you for subscribing and we'll catch y'all next week everybody peace